0: For Michael J. Fox, life hasn't been easy. Hello? Hi. I'm
1: going through changes. His voice is changing.
0: Give me a keg of beer. Is there anything wrong
1: with
0: me? He's got hair on his chest. He's stopped being a boy.
1: What do you think about to get worked up? At last, he's
0: become
2: A wolf. An explanation is probably long overdue.
1: Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. He's always wanted to be something special. But he never expected this.
3: Teen Wolf. (laughs) He's got style.
0: There's something different about you. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Wolf, wolf, wolf. Ah, Wolf person. Wolf. He's got hair all over his body.
2: Wolves aren't supposed to be shy.
0: He's a wolf in teen's
1: clothing. And tonight is his night to howl. Teen Wolf, a new comedy with Michael J. Fox, star of Back to the Future. (laughs) So, David, when we're driving down the mean streets of Pasadena and I'm driving my truck Mm. and you're riding on top, how many flips do you think Mm. you can do total between lights?
2: Between lights? Well, there's that one long stretch. So I know I got got seven in that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Seven. Yeah. I felt really good about the last time. But I can't break seven. I don't know. I think I need to... I, I got to get amped. Well, we don't you know, have a like lot of some... time
1: between lights, you know. It, it's just one stretch, yeah. so it's it's tough. Yeah. But you know, well, the last time we did that uh, really got me thinking about a particular movie that we should uh, dial the way back machine to. So I, I think I uh, know what we're going to uh-huh. cover here today. You ready to dive oh, you in? Oh,
2: okay.
1: I yeah, uh, I'm always ready. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome back to Reconsenimation. I am John Diner.
2: And I'm David Munchak. And
1: this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're checking out how they hold up today. And we've got, you know, I say it often that we've got a very special episode. But today is a super, super duper special episode. I'm really excited. David, why is it so special?
2: Oh, well, we have a a special guest coming in. It's our brand new executive director. Of myths and legends here at Reconcinimation Studios, uh, Joe Setta. Uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you come in uh, and bring your knowledge of all of the Hollywood myths and legends uh, on film and off. You know, to to this show, um, and I think we're starting off with the with one of the greatest myths of all, um, uh, in accordance to this movie. So. Uh, I'm really excited to really bring in your your depth of knowledge, so it's really appreciated.
0: I'm very excited to uh, to discuss uh, this particular uh, legend as it is. Um, I, mm-hmm. I can't even can't even describe.
2: Yeah, you're a noted expert on it, and so that that's that's why you're a get. You're a you're a big get to, yeah. to have you here. I um, wor- what other- a
0: true expert, world <laughs> renowned? I would say on this on this particular topic. Yes, I've <laughs> and, written extensively had, uh, on this this film.
2: Yeah, so we know you're busy here at the studio, so taking your time to break away, that's a, that's a huge honor. Um, but yeah, this this is going to be great, John. I mean, how excited have you been to do this movie?
1: Well, as soon as we started talking about it, I agree, you know, we there was there was really only one person we could bring in and get the true expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we are we're going to dial the Wayback machine all the way to the amazing year of 1985, of which there's so much to talk about, but mm-hmm. the first thing, it's got to be Teen Wolf. Teen
0: Wolf. Obviously. One. <laughs> yes. Teen Wolf one. Teen Wolf one. <laughs> yes.
2: Part one of, yeah. many. <laughs> of the, the franchise. Let's, be, let's be clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, because it's such a great movie, and Joe, your side project, well, I guess your main project before you came onto the team, um, you were compiling uh, uh, the greatest, the, the top 400 movies of your life. Right. um at your website right at knowinglyundersold.com. is that true That's
0: that's correct for for the last about 2 years now it's been running uh through the list of all of my my 400 favorite movies of all time and uh there's like one a work day and we're almost at the end we're we we've almost reached the uh, the conclusion but uh they're all still available out there on the website
2: Oh my god well uh, everyone's got to head over to see your hot takes uh, and and personal stories concerning the top four hundred movies that touched your life, <laughs> and I oh, think man. there's a lot to relate with um <laughs> I think by the time we air, Teen Wolf will have already made the list, so're we're, yes. we're, 'cause so that's exciting that's <laughs> like, true. It's good to know this is also one of your favorites.
0: It is. It's, it, I, it's in my top 60. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big okay. Teen Wolf fan. And considering the entire scope of film history, uh, the fact that Teen Wolf fought its way, at, like <laughs> scrappy underdog story, much <laughs> like the film. Scrappy, mm. yeah. you know, striving to be great. And Teen <laughs> Wolf has, has cracked my all-time list.
2: So. That's amazing. It's,
0: That's it,
1: a, teen, teen Wolf really is the little movie that could. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. A, an under a beautiful Cinderella story of a film. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's uh, so Joe? What is your you know we always batted around a little bit, but what's your uh, first memory of of seeing or
0: hearing about Teen Wolf? Oh man, I I can't distinctly tell you the first time I saw Teen Wolf. Um, I I feel like it was just on. I I mean maybe we we had a copy of it. I, I know we must have at least like copied it off a of TV or something, but. Um, I mean, the real key for me with Teen Wolf is that I didn't really watch Family Ties and I didn't see Back to the Future for the first time until the second one came out. So I was 10. Oh, wow. Right. So for me, like Michael J. Fox is Scott Howard first and foremost. (laughs) And then everything else like that. So Teen Wolf became like that was my touchstone thing on his whole career. And but I had seen I probably saw Teen Wolf. I don't know, dozens of times by the time I saw Back to the Future. And now I've seen it. I don't even know. A hundred times. I don't even know. Like I have no sense. I've seen it way too many times.
1: That's got to be a rarity too, because so many people. I mean, Back to the Future. You know, we'll get into it, but it it came out just ahead of Teen Wolf, and was obviously a ginormous film. Uh, But yeah, that's it's rare
0: to hear that someone was so much more familiar with Teen Wolf prior to back yeah. to the future. Like people would talk about back to the future like in school and I just had nothing. I had nothing on back to the future. Like I it just seemed like you would see the commercials and like there was cool effects, but it's still set in the 50s and it felt like this, you know, old throwbacky thing where, you know, Teen Wolf is like a werewolf playing basketball when I was 6, like this is awesome, you know. <laughs> so that was where my attention went was to that, you know, and then it was only later that I realized, you know, Back to the Future is a pretty good movie too. <laughs> so it's not bad, they did okay, you know. So. Yeah.
1: The poster too for for Teen Wolf is pretty pretty eighties genius right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't get cooler than Scott Howard on the Teen Wolf poster.
0: Yeah, no. It is. It was a. It was a cool looking movie. It was. It's a cooler looking movie than I would say the movie is it's not a cool movie mm-hmm. there's no cool characters like it's not that kind of movie <laughs> yeah but uh but i think the marketing was really great and the whole strategy was great you know delaying the movie to really come was, out after yeah. back to the future and all of that so
1: yeah 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 this is one of those you know one of those occasions where they made kind of all the right moves to uh you know, position this movie to do well. And, and, you know, if it had come out before Back to the Future, I
0: don't know. Well, who knows how it would have turned
1: out. But, right. Uh, right. Probably great anyway, because the movie uh, just holds up on its own.
0: Oh, I think they could have released it at any point and it would still be a fabulous movie. <laughs> but, right. but yeah, no, it, it, as far as money was concerned, they really, really knew what they were about uh, as far as yeah. maximizing that cash. Yeah. David, what about you?
1: When, uh, when did you uh, see it or hear about it for the first time?
2: Similar to m- most of my 80s movies uh, that I'm very familiar with, I can't tell you the first time. Um, it's certainly, yeah, just like Joe, it, it's a movie that was on, it was around, uh, but I'd seen it so many times on television, um, and uh, I think once or twice in a theater. Joe, I know you and I went once. Uh, to, we went and saw
0: it at least once. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah
2: um, As part of a double bill. City
0: at like a yes. bar or, or I don't remember how that
2: it wasn't a bar, but that's right. It was that bar. Um, uh, yeah. and then we sat in Fletch. I think it was, that and then, <laughs> that's right. Oh, nice. That's and right. It was that, like it was
0: at Lincoln station up on Lincoln, Lincoln Avenue. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Um, and, uh, the, and then it was like a big reminder, like, Oh, Fletch, Fletch is a stinker. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Fletch does not age. Well, <laughs> um, but uh yeah no I mean I've seen it I haven't seen it before like reviewing it for the podcast. I think I watched it maybe 2 or 3 years ago actually though. Um and yeah I mean this is uh this is something I can watch anytime I think and and Scott Howard you, you know he's he's the guy. <laughs> he's having a tough time in life. It's so so relatable uh, uh at almost any age uh, after you you've hit that those high school years so mm-hmm. um yeah I mean it's it's just always been around. I never owned it or anything. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. Yeah, I
1: I remember seeing it. It had to be 1986 the first time I saw it. It was this was one of the I think this and Back to the Future were like two of the very first VHS rentals that I remember my dad like picking up on the way home for our Friday night movie. Mm. Um, this was definitely one of the early ones. So. Nice. Um, and I know we had a beta machine like going into eighty six so it had to be you know somewhere mid eighty six when I saw it but I was you know i as David knows and and anyone who's listening to the show when it comes up uh I have a thing about werewolves um mm-hmm. so this you know movie helped to alleviate that fear a little bit uh this is like the one werewolf thing I was okay with, everything else just. Scare the crap out of me!
2: But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a scary movie. This is no. uh This
0: violence-free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's
2: almost. It's not. It's not a horror movie. It's almost not a comedy movie. It's not a really a sports movie. You but can make a case.
0: It's not really a werewolf movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, a were- really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's there's no werewolf lore in it. There's no tropes that they trot out. It's all different. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and
1: the thing I remember, too, is like, this was, I think, the first movie that made me realize, like, oh, that woman, Pamela Wells, is making me feel a certain way. <laughs>
0: she is pretty Six. foxy, yeah. That's, that's right. fair. This was the first time that that light, like, clicked on, you know, for me. I mean, I think I think this won't come as a surprise to anybody who knows me, but I'm a boof guy first, so yeah, I, well, I yeah, can relate, now, but, you know. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. 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 Five or six year old me was, uh, yeah, was distracted by Pamela. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, 1985. Did anyone have a bigger year or could you have a bigger year than Michael J. Fox had in 1985?
2: I don't think so, right?
0: He was crushing it.
2: Stars. I mean, screen, he was, big he had, yeah.
1: He had, yeah, exactly. Like he had, he was, uh, the lead in the two, top box office movies at one point in the summer Mm -hmm. and one of the top three shows on tv in 85 with family ties doing well good for him yeah (laughs) way to go michael (laughs) man
2: and he was nominated for golden globes for tv and back to the future for family ties and back to the future i think for that year yeah like he he was he was mr mr hollywood for just a, a minute there
1: Yeah, it's so crazy, too. His schedule, and and it's insane. I mean, I know there's it's quite often now with how many shows are are being produced uh, these days that their actors have a lot of conflicts and are bouncing between, you know, on several shows that I've worked on, we've had our lead actors who would, like, only be with us for a certain amount of time, and then they're going off to do a movie, and then they're coming back, and, like, you have to really adjust your schedule. But um, he really took advantage of that in a good way um, with uh, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future all being
2: done concurrently with Family Ties. Yeah, it's pretty uh, – yeah, he must have thought one of the hardest working guys in town at that point too, right? I mean Mm-hmm. Because, like to... I mean, you, you heard those stories, right? Just filming Back to the Future at night, this during the day, Family Ties during the day, this before Back to the Future on hiatus. I mean, is, was – Yeah, he,
1: he – yeah, I think the backstory is uh, Meredith Baxter got pregnant, so they had to push the family ties shooting schedule with which left room for him to do a movie, which, uh, you know, so this was he was able to squeeze this in, I think just before and right in the beginning of the the shooting season for family ties, but then, you know, back to the future was like done <laughs> simultaneously, he would go back and forth shoot all
0: night with back to the future and all day you know with family ties it's crazy and like i i could be wrong but i thought i had read about this that when they had started filming back to the future the the eric stoltz parts that they were still filming teen wolf i think i and i i thought i had run across hmm. this somewhere that like because they filmed in the same area they filmed on the same street like those houses are all the same yeah. Um, between yeah. Teen Wolf: The Future, that I thought that there was some quip somewhere where Michael J. Fox had been had like was joking during while they're making Teen Wolf, like you know, oh well, Steven Spielberg's making this movie, you know, and we're, I'm dressed up like a werewolf or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then he ends up in the right, and then he
0: movie. ended up in the movie. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's crazy. I could see that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. They were. I think I think they finished shooting Teen Wolf like the main portion of production in like December '84, and I think. He jumped onto Back to the Future in like January '85, so yeah, they were probably shooting both movies for you know briefly crossing over. Right. So Michael J. Fox, I thought you know being a kid in the '80s, he was so easy to identify with. Do you guys Mm -hmm. feel that way? Like was was it just me, or was he super easy to connect with as a viewer?
2: I think I was always drawn to him yeah like he because he he always was this underdog kind of guy you know but he had his he had his wit and he had his own sense of charm that you just like he seems like an everyman you know for the most part you know he, he doesn't have the like the chiseled like look handsome look he's obviously a handsome fellow but you know he's with that youth uh to him and just sort of this you know his short stature um you know it, it was easy to like kind of get involved with whatever, like, his problems were, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What do you and think? he wasn't so, like, you know, he
1: wasn't, like, I don't know, like, Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe kind of, like, right. beautiful. He did, you know, for the most part, look like an average guy. And especially, I think, with Teen Wolf, really, like, has, you know, problems. I wouldn't say average problems, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> problems that you can kind of identify with the source of
0: it. Right. Well, he's not heartthrobby. I think that was, and that's kind of the key—the yeah. key to the character in in Teen Wolf is that he's so he is so average, and he's so disgruntled by being average that the 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 he embraces the wolfness when it comes along. But um, but I think that yeah, Michael J. Fox is kind of perfect for that for that part. Um, and, and I don't honestly know who else from that time around that age would have been right for that because he was you know he was a little older. But he could still play teenagers easily, and, right? And so I think it just fit kind of naturally in, uh, even though he's surrounded by you know other people playing teenagers who look thirty. <laughs> they're, <laughs> you know? they're so old, right? Right? Yeah. We'll let we'll talk about that. <laughs> My God.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think the one of the only other guys that maybe could have, and it was actually who turned down Family Ties, uh, was Matthew Broderick. Oh. I think he was maybe one of the few people who maybe could have you know you know played this character yeah I don't know if as well but could have I, I would have
0: bought it you I know? could see that like from like sure. you know you look at his early like his like Biloxi Blues era stuff or Ferris Bueller mm-hmm. like you can see you know he was cl- obviously a little older and he could still play a teenager yeah that would have been interesting
1: hmm. yeah I mean you think Ferris Bueller minus a year or two mm-hmm you know, I I could definitely buy. I would have bought him more as a high schooler, even probably. Yeah. So, um,
2: so we're saying not Andrew McCarthy, maybe in the in the role. We Andrew McCarthy's too
0: silly. Hmm. <laughs> He's
2: too
1: silly. Mannequin
0: <laughs> is mannequin is perfect for Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I don't know that he has kind of the innocence. You know, like I think that. Yeah, a Matthew Broderick or Mac- Michael J. Fox could pull that off. I don't know about yeah. Matthew Broderick in the wolf parts. What that would have been like when he's like slightly, a, like a slight jerk of a wolf, but yeah, um, but maybe, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I guess Andrew McCarthy well, would be closer to a Styles character than right. Anyway, so
1: yes, yeah. he would have been. He would have been a fun Styles. Yeah. That would have been kind of fun to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Jerry Levine would have never had the the career of a lifetime oh. or the the
0: role of a lifetime. Had also. a great couple of years, Jerry Levine. <laughs> Played Styles in Teen Wolf, kind of played Styles in Born on the Fourth of July, and that was about it.
2: (laughs) So,
1: well, Jerry Styles, uh, I think he married well. Jerry Levine. Yeah, or uh, Jerry, Jerry Levine. Yeah, we'll just call him Jerry Styles. Okay, <laughs>
2: let's
0: just cut it right to the core. He's just always Styles. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who did he marry? Yeah, he had, he married Nina Tassler, who ran CBS for years and years and years. So oh, okay. Very successful uh, businesswoman. So, well, well done. Um, He's well yeah. So I don't think he had to worry
0: about too much uh, anymore. Yeah. Wow. A lot
2: well, of folks marrying
0: up... well out of this movie. I
2: didn't know. Good. Good for him. Yeah. I mean he directed after that, right? I mean he became a director. He's a he's a working director. He's still around, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know, I think everyone wanted to jump on the joy of Teen Wolf. So everyone wanted to be a part of it. Oh. So you just they they could only marry into it.
2: For sure. <laughs> sure
1: i mean that's the only way to explain some of it because yeah. yeah
2: marry into it <laughs> married into teen wolf.
1: like well I, I couldn't be in it but at least i could marry
0: somebody who wasn't right i need
2: that one degree of separation from teen wolf yeah. <laughs> that's always my favorite that.
0: like side anecdote that laura sangiacomo married matt adler who played lewis who has <laughs> who has like 10 lines in the movie <laughs> Yeah, but that's clearly yeah. It. He's yeah.
1: mostly silent the whole time. Yeah. yeah, Oh,
0: I I got big Lewis theories to get into. So <laughs> okay, I got, I got we'll Lewis th- stuff to talk.
1: about We'll definitely get into lore <laughs> yeah. later on.
2: Cool. I think.
0: <laughs> do you um?
1: Do you guys feel like all right? Looking back at Teen Wolf from 2020, do you feel like the kind of the themes are a little too heavy-handed, or do you feel it's kind of just the right amount?
2: Joe, what do you think? Because you've got a
1: number of number of of Themes going on simultaneously that um, you know I think is easy for a uh, high school age
2: uh, kids to connect with and,
1: and understand.
2: Yeah, um, I think I think this has the like sort of the obvious uh, you know after school special kind of storyline. Like we you just kind of quickly get into it and it's a it's touching the themes very quickly superficially mm-hmm. without being too. Subtle about it, you know, just to get you that that quick relation with uh, with Scott, and uh, which is fine. I think it, it's 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 kind of just a quick shorthand to get you to it, and then just adding this weird element of like we're, uh, werewolf, like um, <laughs> as a as a you know an allegory for the whole whole awkward phase of, right. of teenagehood, um, and and not playing it so super serious uh, and, and so angsty. Um, like in that in, in which i think is very expected in like the 80s you know this is how you kind of play these things like everyone's dealt whatever their hand is and it's you, you kind of just mm-hmm. roll with it as best you can and you know you don't dive too deep into like the internalized feelings of it all um so you know it's the this this story has been told a million times um sure and this is its own teen wolf is its own cute little way to handle it i think <laughs> What do you think Joe
0: well, I think it's an interesting way of looking at it um, because because it isn't it isn't any kind of typical werewolf movie where so to even kind of classify it as a werewolf movie isn't entirely fair um, mm-hmm. where it is more this kind of allegory for puberty or growing up and and then you know getting into these ideas of uh kind of like not stardom exactly but like local fame mm-hmm. and what that does to, a, to someone's mind an average person what would that would do to their mindset um but you know like that like thinking about it as far as how would you really classify this movie and it's obviously not a horror movie and right it's only kind of like a a teen growing up movie where it's really just this bookended kind of typical sports plot that just happens mm-hmm. to have a wolf in the middle of it, like, like. Yeah. But the fact that the wolf has nothing to do with the beginning or the end of the movie, when you know this is the real sports plot, it it kind of feels like two different scripts they slam together in that regard. Right. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
1: Well, yeah, it's like he had to experience the wolf portion so he could he could do what he does at the end, right. so he could get to that point. But yeah, it's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of compare this to The Sopranos. Hmm. That's right. I'm comparing okay. Teen Wolf and The Sopranos right now. I mean, it's that level you know, of greatness. So, well, yeah, no. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, Teen Wolf is, I don't know if I'd say coming of age, but it's a self-discovery piece that that is set in the world of a, a werewolf or that features a werewolf storyline. Whereas, you know, The Sopranos is about the human condition who's set in the world of the mafia. So it's not... Really, just about the mafia, whereas this isn't just about werewolfism. You know, mm-hmm. does that that's make fair. sense?
0: Yeah, that's fair. Sure. I yeah. mean, I would say the Sopranos is more about the mafia than Teen Wolf is about werewolves, but it's it's, it's a yeah, fair it's a fair would, yes, it's a yeah. fair, a fair comparison.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's most good storytelling, though, right? It's never really about the the thing you're watching. It's about the mm-hmm. the themes underneath, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, he had it in him all all this time. Right. <laughs> you know, the real question
0: the real question is how did the rest of the team get so good by the end?
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they, <laughs>
0: Teen Wolf takes some liberties with the basketball element. Oh my god. So. It's
2: it's kind of nuts. Like they're all just professionals at that in that montage. Oh my it's, it's unbelievable.
0: Oof there's some great little mistakes too that i want to that i want to we'll walk through i'm sure before the end yeah (laughs) oh man i like really paid attention to the basketball game this week more than i think i have typically i was was like like, i i I never noticed a lot of what's going on in the end of that movie and oh man yeah let's i'm excited i'm excited to break that break the game (laughs) film down
1: (laughs) i think you know michael j fox though really just going back to the casting he was just he really was the perfect guy for this role. Yeah, um, his he's just so charismatic, and he can do you know he does it a little more in in Back to the Future than here in Teen Wolf, but you know he can he can switch gears from being charming to kind of a jerk to just funny. You know he yep, he can yeah. shift gears really easily. He was uh, he was great. He really was great. Um, uh, you know I, I he's I like him in this movie.
0: Probably almost as much as I do Marty McFly, you know? Yeah, he's very charming and charismatic in this part. And and it it doesn't hurt that, like, there aren't really a lot of other characters in this movie. Everybody else is kind of there for—serves some little purpose but doesn't have a real inner life. So mm-hmm. he does kind of stand out kind of naturally that way. But— but yeah, no, I think he he really does work well in this part. And again, like this is my go-to Michael J. Fox part. So, this is what yeah. I think of first and then I compare Marty McFly like retroactively to this. Um, mm-hmm. but also to your point, the idea of like him being cast in this movie, it really was this lucky happenstance thing where they did it when they did it because imagine if they came up with this a year later, there's no way they could have got him for this movie, like after Back to no, the Future. No way. There's no chance. So, I mean, yeah. which I think is clearly evident in Teen Wolf 2 so you know I think that that was uh, just a really it was a lightning in a bottle thing where they just happened to do this at the right time
1: does he you know does I don't know much about where he stands on the movie now because <clears throat> there is so much love for the movie you know over time mm-hmm. do you think he you know loves this movie or does he does he still look down on it what do you think <laughs>
0: have you heard i don't I've, i don't think i've ever read michael j fox's reaction to this movie no i mean I, it did become this kind of cult classic and it was a pretty good size hit in its day um yeah. i don't know i don't remember ever hearing his his take on it i mean it's such a gentle kind of movie in a lot of ways like it's sure. not an offensive movie but um so i don't i don't know but like when they've i think they've done little teen wolf reunions i don't remember him ever participating but i, I don't I could be think wrong. so i
1: I think my my instinct says that he's not maybe maybe it's less of a thing now but for a long time you know he did not really enjoy yeah. being a part of this movie. Yeah. Um I think he you know he did it for he did it for a reason to get into get his feature film career going while he was still on family ties um but yeah it's interesting with where it you know it was shot before back to the future but comes out in theaters after yeah. and I think it's you know definitely him turning Teen Wolf 2 down mm-hmm. is a big sign and uh you know the fact that he doesn't really re- reference it and he does all of his love seems to go to uh to back to the future and some other things right. um i think he was careful not to you know, fall back to it and get, you know, typecast as the wolf kid, right. you know. Uh, but Back to the Future helped
0: kind of alleviate that. Right. But I mean, a part of that, too, has got to be that Back to the Future is so big. It's such a a, mm-hmm. a a monumental movie. And it came out at the exact same time. It's almost as if, like, Mark Hamill would sit around talking about Corvette Summer, you know, like,
2: as much <laughs> as anybody
0: might love it, like, he's not going to reference it too, too often. But I, I at the same time, yeah. I have no idea what he feels about that movie. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if Teen Wolf is such a silly movie in a very at a very at a glance that maybe he he wouldn't be overly you know effusive about it. I,
3: I
1: think yeah, we'll- and which is which would be a shame because there is so much to like. Yeah. there is so much that's real here. You know, these the the at its core thematically, like there is a lot of strong problems that you know teenage issues that you can identify with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, and I like, I like the father son dynamic. I think that's like a, I I think it originated as uh, originally that was a bigger part of the story, Yeah. but uh, you know, I think it holds through now that, you know, their relationship and how his dad really is like, you know, just shows up at the school at the, at the end of the dance and has just got his back, you know, yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, obviously, like, you know, puberty and, uh, you know, your your body physically changing Mm -hmm. uh, the relate your relationship with different women,
0: like all of that is stuff you deal with at that age. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I I think it does. It it, it tries to cover a lot and it feels I mean, now, again, I I, someone who thinks about Teen Wolf more than the average Mm -hmm. person probably should and. Like I think the movie's too short. Like I feel like it touches on a lot of random stuff mm. that never gets explored. Um mm-hmm. and most of that's to the detriment of the other characters, like like uh Harold, his like father. Like everyone. Yeah, well, like everybody. <laughs> but Harold, especially, because there is this kind of glaring hole around their history and what that's about. And I mean, this leads into one of my kind of grand teen wolf theories, but um, I, there is this mystery of, as far as his mother's concerned because she's right, she's right. glancingly referenced a few times, and you can extrapolate a lot from those references, but they don't tell you anything because either the movie was either written very lazy or a lot of stuff was cut out, and I I don't actually well i right, let so. let's hear it let's hear let's hear one of these theories okay well so my my big Teen Wolf <laughs> theory around this is is centered in the idea that. This city where they, Beacon Town, which apparently is in Nebraska, but doesn't look anything like Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it looks, it
1: looks a lot like uh, South Pasadena. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> which California we'll talk about. There are
0: palm
2: trees in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any jack in the boxes in Nebraska, and you see them many times in the movie. Um, but my theory so the thing is that because they go into this whole conversation about. Um, his mom and the vice principal who's who torments scott throughout the movie uh rusty Mm thorn uh and there's the backstory is that you know rusty was in love with scott's mother and but she was already together with scott's father so they had to have this fight um and that that rusty knows that scott's father's a werewolf Then Mm -hmm. and the town's reaction to Scott being a werewolf leads me to believe everybody's just cool with their being werewolves. Like, this is this world. There's no mystery to it, right? Um, Right, yeah. (laughs) But, like, the thing is that, like, that's... And that's just this key integral part of the movie that you just have to accept because otherwise nothing will make sense. Otherwise you'll just be sitting around going, well, why aren't the cops there? Like, you know? like At the the basketball game, he turns into a werewolf and no one... Everybody stops for a second... But then they start winning, and they're just like, yeah, cool, let's go, you know? Really, like, there's no blowback. You would expect a movie where a full-fledged werewolf just appears in a small town that, like, the FBI would be in. It'd be like E.T. Like, there would just be feds coming and the guy with the keys. And, you know, like, this would be what this movie is. But this never happens. This is no, there's no part of the film. So... I don't know if this is supposed to be this alternate universe where just werewolves exist and everything's cool, or has this town just gotten so acclimated to this idea that it just doesn't surprise them, you know? Um, but this is my theory. So it's either was Scott's mom a werewolf? Because you don't know. It's possible mm-hmm. there was like a a werewolf dating you know site uh, back in the uh, the, the, the love and the personal werewolves ads. only right. Yeah. Um. So so is that something? Um, and you know, there is like this kind of oddball reference that Mick makes the, the bad guy on the other yeah. basketball yeah. team about yeah. like, about like teasing Scott about, Oh, I shot your mother cause she was eating chickens or something. But you know, at the same time, Scott's mom's not around and they never explain it. So is it possible Mick killed Scott's mom? <laughs>
3: Like, yeah
1: is this i is this is a rivalry I'm gonna going bu- on? I, i'll jump on that bandwagon yeah i think uh i think that's part think of that's it. definitely possible <laughs>
2: right. yeah is is this the dark history of the the mick and the the howard family like right. that that you know she was also a werewolf that she got murdered i mean chickens are mentioned more than once in this movie too like yeah. so he had right. a dream about about pamela boof and chickens but they were <laughs> but they were also giant chickens so like right. this is and then he and then when he learns he's a wolf, he's like, What am I gonna be uh you know, hunting chickens and chasing cars and stuff? And then yeah. the the Mick reference. So like chickens are huge. Chickens and werewolves, obviously. Like yeah. prey, prey and predator. But yeah. uh and I think you, <laughs> you can know. you can like logic out this thinking, even though it
0: seems far fetched because the movie never mentions it and it's a comedy and you know. But there is this reference early in the movie that Mick might have done time, right? Uh, Oh right! Right. Lewis says it to Scott, and then at the dance, you see Mick after he gets his shirt ripped open has this big tattoo on his stomach, (laughs) like which doesn't seem like something a teenager, like a high schooler, would have. Right? (laughs) Seems like a prison tattoo. But okay, so if he kills Scott's mom, why isn't he still in jail? What you know? What is that? But Mm -hmm. if she's a werewolf and he shot a wolf to death. Eh, right, You're probably not getting the same kind of time,
1: right? Yeah. Well it's what? It's animal cruelty, you know, so how much time would you do for that? Right.
0: Especially right. in Nebraska in the eighties. That's probably nothing, right? Like, <laughs> and if you're
2: hunting <laughs> right. and if it's wolves on your farm where there's chickens, yeah. you know, I mean everyone's got a gun, I think. Right. To hunt you know, to to get rid of all the things that are messing up your farm. So it's like werewolves are not really a protected class no. of citizens in Nebraska at this point so <laughs> you not know, like they, today yeah It would be years before legislation <laughs> would pass in this universe right uh, well, It was the them. 80s yeah. it was the 80s you yeah. could do anything yeah yeah
3: so. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> but yeah, the the history, the family, the Howard family. There, it is nice between uh, uh, Scott and his dad. That his his dad is such a gentle figure, um, as an example of like how to live a life as a wolf. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you almost you do want to see more or know more, um, like that dynamic and everything. So I'm yeah. totally with you on that.
0: The like rich unexplored backstory of what what brings them to this point, you know.
2: Yeah. And it's the so only So do you think that's
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, I was thinking it was no, you go ahead. it's really the only werewolf movie I know of where they you become a werewolf just through heredity. It's not it's there's no violence. There's no violent way you you he turns into right. a werewolf, right? And well, so Well, th-
1: yeah, there's no like you were saying, there's no lore right. here. There's <clears throat> you know normally with the werewolf uh, like there's all the rules you got to follow, there's the full moon there's a you know you have to be bit to become a werewolf, and obviously like werewolves are they're monsters, so they're going around you know killing things and and none of that exists here. This is a totally new thing right
2: yeah we're told to ignore everything we know in the in the movie the Hollywood movies uh, <clears throat> by scott's dad said, eh, don't don't pay attention to the movies that's all hooey <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so it's not like it 's not silver bullets and and all that st- and that and, and he could turn it on at will. He's not just at the at the full moon. He can just be the wolf whenever. Right. Right. So and he's not driven to kill and right. eat
0: people. Like, right. And like he's, he's totally within his like senses when he's the wolf. He's not like a monster. Mm-hmm. It's not like Lon yeah. he just wakes up somewhere and doesn't know what happened, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. It's it's a it's a really oddball take. Yeah. Well, that that's. Well, thing. I
1: wonder if I I wonder if not only are those just not brought up, but they really just truly don't exist. Because you would think if <clears throat> Mick has all these, you know, this these issues with uh, with Scott as the wolf, you would think that he would try to do something, you know, to to get rid of him, you know, that he would use one of those angles.
0: But that doesn't even come up. No.
2: True. Yeah. And
0: that's that's almost like thinking that werewolves are just so accepted in this society that like you're not going to be eliminated for being a werewolf like it's not Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal um right and then this and like my other favorite thing that touches on this is after the first basketball game when he's the wolf and they win it's this big deal they show them in class and they get like the school newspaper right and the headline story isn't you know Oh my god, there's a werewolf in school. It's can they make it two in a row. Like that's that's all they care about. Like and it's just I think that's amazing. Like that that's that there's this crazy supernatural element just thrown into the world and they just don't care. Like it just does yeah. not matter.
2: Yeah. It's a pretty optimistic movie. Pretty hopeful. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you know. Right. They just want to
0: win the state championship. It doesn't matter if we got a monster wandering around. It's fine. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's something, too, of like where, you know, maybe some of the other townspeople have had experiences with other werewolves and it's just not, they're just not the murderous type of werewolves? I
2: think you'd have to assume, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I think
2: so, right? Yeah. It's not a, they're no, and maybe they're it's no not, you thing. know, there's,
1: they're obviously surprised when he turns into one during the game, hmm. but maybe it's just something that's a, just very rare. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, and
0: not totally like, Un, you know unheard of i mean my my the- thinking that like if rusty knows he's a werewolf right and they have this contentious relationship i doubt that even if that happened isolated they don't really explain it but if that wasn't out in public or is it this going to stay a secret all of these years so it's just shared between you know harold rusty i guess their mom and that's it like i, I don't buy that so I think that yeah, like there have to have been just other werewolf circumstance in Beacon Town. It's just part of life, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I don't know it's, that there's another real good explanation for what's going on in that city otherwise, because yeah. there is no reaction except for Lewis, which leads me into the Lewis theory, which is well, well, we can get slightly to Lewis. slightly off base from this. So. <laughs> but but there's there's
2: a general air of acceptance of of right of this. So it's everybody's just, pretty cool. E- everyone's just like everyone's who they are you know even if they're you know scott and all the the team they're a bunch of underdog losers and all that but no one really cares like they're not not being like actively bullied necessarily by like the rest of the school it's just they're right they're just the losers they haven't won in three years like who cares you know oh he's a wolf whatever (laughs) like it's just and uh yeah so they're and everyone just does their own thing so the the really hot actress goes to the the basketball games by herself and then right, right. and then like to watch her boyfriend and then a bunch of the weirdo kids watch and like who cares about basketball <laughs> like, nobody either. cared until they started winning and then it just became like acceptance now became even even greater because of of what you can get and that's you know the dark side of popularity which is one of the themes the the movie's explores
1: mm-hmm. yeah anyway <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that Teen Wolf just exists in this happy little bubble that's just isolated from all other, you know... The whole rest of the world. It seems like
2: yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. This if this really was like a made-for-TV movie, it could have been anything. Like he instead of transforming into a werewolf, he could have just had like a horn growing out of his head, and it's <laughs> like, well, he's just the horn boy. Like okay, like you know, right. but, he, but he's got he's got p- powers now, but he's just a kid with a horn. Like he's just a weirdo, and like that's really like I feel like those are like children's books, like. Young children's books that have been written or, yeah. you know, silly little TV movies. So but this is at least they they took something with such a a backstory and, and lore to it and applied it to that same like that same storyline. Um, and then, yeah, they're not thinking about why hasn't the president been informed? Like, right. There's a werewolf in Nebraska. <laughs> right. It's just not even a news
0: story. It's not anything. It's just like whatever. <laughs> you know, we're winning basketball. Oh, He's games. just that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. you know they rode on top of the car they surfed on top of the car before he was a wolf and now after that's what they do
0: just
2: a way they have fun well yeah scott never did it until he became the wolf that's That's right the wolf pushes
0: him in all these new directions yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah um
1: i remember you know especially well not anymore but as a kid the first you know time or two that i saw this i was uh there were parts of it that like definitely did creep me out. That that did kind of scare me right from the opening of the movie. That you know that beat sound yeah. over the opening titles, yeah. hmm. which is I think is just the is it meant to be the bouncing of the basketball or I think it's more it of, just kind of
0: I'm sorry I think it's more a of like a heartbeat. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, but, yeah what, but that like at first the first time I saw it, I remember being like, "Oh, is this a horror movie?
0: Because this is creepy. Like this is a little." Yeah, you know, a little scary. And that yeah, first those... sequence is filmed weird. Like it's it's kind of in slow motion, and the like him breathing is is it's it, the sound is slow. And that odd first shot where it's 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 shooting straight up at the ceiling, and he kind of leans over. Like it's a creepy opening, mm-hmm. and the music is weird. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And this also, you know, the,
1: the basketball scenes also win the award for most sweat in a movie. Oh my oh, God.
0: They're
2: soaking <laughs> wet so in the first sweat. minute. <laughs>
0: dripping. Mick is like, dripping the whole movie. Like, it's <laughs> insane. Just drenched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the people I love in the movie is the coach, played by Jay Tarsus. Oh, terrific. Oh, Vince He's fantastic. Now I remember, I remember him like just seeing his face. I know, I think he was on Family Ties for a couple of episodes, and I know he like guest starred in maybe like different Strokes or, or a few hmm. different '80s shows. He was one of those guys that was just around,
0: and he recognized that face. Yeah. but uh, I think he was a writer as well, right? Yeah the only the only other thing I re- distinctly remember him like seeing him in is the Great Muppet Caper. He has a little part. He's the guy that's throwing them out of the plane when they go to England um in the right, crates right. And, but he co- he also co-wrote the great muppet caper and he co-wrote i think the Muppets Take manhattan too he was i, and I know he did mm. some other stuff but my wheelhouse this is is muppet stuff so
2: that was that was what i know i know him from that yeah more le- myths and legends right there the muppets oh man I, I know, <laughs> let's not even get into it
0: so.
2: oh we'll we'll have to at
0: some point Oh, it, just all jay tarsus films that's all i'm here to talk about <laughs> so. tarsus fest that's what it is fantastic oh sign me up
1: um but yeah him and the the gum chewing always was another memory of like
0: he's just chomping on that gum it was super distracting yeah Yeah. he's eating a hard-boiled egg on the sideline on the on the bench (laughs) he's just throwing the shells on the ground and he's
1: like like do we do we actually ever see him do any actual coaching (laughs) i don't think so coaching
2: i don't think i don't think he's like telling which plays to run or anything no no (laughs) At one, no. point, that one point, where he
0: just kind of says, you know, it doesn't even matter. It only matters if you win or lose. Even that doesn't matter that often. Like, he has nothing. <laughs> he has no advice. You know, his, yeah. his life advice is that great little bit he gives Scott about, you know, not playing cards with a guy with the first name as a city, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: We could do it. You could do a good spin off with him.
0: Oh, just with him. Terrific. Yeah. I mean, he's a great he's has a lot of funny lines, at least. And then it does yeah. seem this he has this this realizedness to his character, even though you don't know anything about him. like his <laughs> office is filled with like horse horse track, you know, posters and stuff. And he clearly yeah. doesn't care what he's doing. Like he's I think he's pretty it's pretty funny, like just how they've built that character up from almost nothing in the in the script, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, it it really is like, you know, if you look around his office, you can really, they did a great job of like giving you a sense of who this guy is. Yeah. And there's so many, I think it's also like in the high school sports world, there's probably a fair amount of coaches who are like this guy.
0: Uh, I believe. That. Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah
2: they're just there they're, they 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 played the sport in high school they know how to coach but they they don't really care about like what's going on with their players mm-hmm. like he just it, he's it, like every
0: gym teacher you ever had is yeah. yeah yeah he's just
2: there to just do his job and go and punch a yeah. clock you know right but uh but that's but the, the thing like scott has his dad and you can't really go to your dad when you're going through these weird things and then the principal hates him and then uh and then you know the coach might be able to understand and then he's just it's like yeah come on in what do you need and he says look i'm really busy like i can't yeah. like can't actually help you with those kinds of things like, yeah i'm really tapped yeah.
0: out right now the yeah. d- 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 uh, like
2: ir the irs is breathing down my neck like <laughs> there's just this extra layer of like this guy's got problems
0: yeah i should uh, be coming to you for money
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah your dad's doing all right and you have a job <laughs> so and it and it's 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 perfect without to the point without being so silly like or, you know like you still like the coach he's just useless yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah he's a yeah. yeah you just get wh- who he is yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um another guy another guy who had a big year in 1985 who we see here right in the beginning is Mark Holton oh who plays oh, man Chub- what's Chubs Chubby his name? Chubby yeah Chubby Chub. Chubby yeah 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 uh yeah big year 85. And he was another guy, another like character actor who was seemed like he was all over the place into the 90s. And then I think he think he stopped acting maybe like 10 or 15 years ago.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, he he hasn't quite serious, like been a serious actor, but he he popped up in stuff throughout. And then I think he's had random like appearances the last couple of years. They did a TV movie of uh, Leprechaun Returns, and he played the same character from Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. So wow. he's available. Days. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, oh wow. Yeah. I for, was he in Leprechaun? I forgot that he played a character named Ozzy. I don't know how big that part was. <clears throat> um, I vaguely remember it, but uh, yeah, no. Doing Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Teen Wolf in the same oh. year. I mean, mm-hmm. oh yeah. baby, <laughs> good for him. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I mean, do you think he's do you think he's more remembered for Pee- Peewee's, right? Over
2: this, but it's it's pretty close. Probably. He's just like a mix. Like I see him in this Peewee and uh Naked Gun, like it's all the same character. He does have that <laughs> like, one
0: line in Naked Gun. Yeah. It's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this much. I I I forced the wife to watch Teen Wolf again this week, which she loves. <laughs> And when she saw Mark Holden, uh, her reaction was, well that's Stillwell Angel from uh, a league of their own. Right. So she right. goes right nice. to Stillwell
2: Angel, so <laughs> nice. Angel. Yeah. So yeah, and league of their own which we covered uh, on the show not too long ago.
1: Yep, you can uh, check that episode out in the archives at www.reconciliation.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, always uh, it's I, I for a minute, I forgot that he was actually in this movie, and then it all came back. Like, oh yeah, he's like he's like one of his his uh, buddies.
0: Yeah, he has a much bigger part in the second one too, and he's one of the only people who comes back for the sequel. But Chubby has a lot of like nothing great, but he has a lot of stuff to do in the sequel. So
1: they put all that well, here. Money. It's like he goes. He's one of the players who goes from being absolutely horrible to suddenly. Like he's making a lot of the shots yeah. in the at the he's end. He's got a the final sky
0: game, hook right? in the final game. He's like he's <laughs> yeah, like Kareem hook. out
2: there. It was incredible. Like he's got huge rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> he's just no real not
0: a of lot of basketball moves from Mark Holton, but if he had to stand yeah. and shoot, he he was draining him. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Apparently they they said they uh for the making of this movie, they have like an entire reels worth of some of the worst basketball footage that's ever been shot. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love bl- to see like all of it. I'd love oh, to see goodness. all of this because they yeah. really
2: they you just tell they just spent like a couple days just shooting a bunch of shit like yeah. and oh yeah whatever yeah. works. <laughs> well, I mean, you you
0: look at that last game and like all of a sudden the other no name players on the team are doing all the basketball. Like yeah. when they show Michael J. Fox like running down the court dribbling, he is just staring at the basketball, like just trying not mm-hmm. to let it get away from him. And then, yeah. you know, like there's, there is nothing going on with the actors. And I also noticed this time, which I never noticed before was Brad, the only good player on the team from the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. isn't even mm-hmm. in the game at the, in the sec at the end of the movie. And I don't know. Well,
1: what, wait a minute though. I don't wait, know what that's about. Yeah. I noticed. I thought there was a couple, you're talking about Doug Savant. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I swear there is a couple of shots where he is on the court Sweaty, like not with the ball, but you can see him there. Yeah. And then they cut and he's standing next to the coach.
0: Yeah. I, I don't remember. I
1: swear he's like, that's like a thing of however they shot the footage yeah. that
0: he is in both places. That, I mean, that certainly uh-huh. could be. It's the editing in that basketball sequence is just horrible. Like, it is. I thought he got.
2: <laughs> didn't you just. Didn't he get just massively fouled and right when Scott walks in? Like, he got injured Oh, is he the way? guy who gets, like, yeah. clotheslined
0: right when he yeah, comes he in? Yeah, he gets clocked. So I feel yeah. like he's taken out right. of the game. Oh, maybe that. That makes some sense. Yeah.
1: But what they probably did was used some footage from other pieces that they had shot for some of the other games. Right, yeah. And then the final sequence just used it in there, yeah. not realizing, like, hey, this dude is uh, in two places at once. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense.
0: Be. Yeah, I mean, it makes as much and, sense and, as anything else with that game.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure. But
0: yeah, the the no name characters. Who, does he have any? Go ahead. No, it was just the the no name characters who are on. Like you see in other in the other games, but have are doing nothing. We're clearly like the basketball players they brought in to to you know for the movie, and so they have all of the actual basketball stuff to do. Like they're blocking yeah. shots and they're you know you know getting rebounds like they're doing things where yeah you know michael j fox is is kind of you see him shoot that weird jump shot free throw that he does and then mm-hmm. layups and that's it like there's nothing else there so um yeah it's it's an odd composition of in that final game compared to the entire rest of the movie so
2: i did like his behind the behind the back pass though uh, oh that was sweet yeah that was,
0: that sweet. was
1: pretty sweet <laughs> yeah not bad. yeah i'm sh- sure they got a couple lucky ones in there yeah right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right doug savant and mark holton are the only other players that even have dialogue right everyone else is just probably mostly just a basketball player who's a glorified extra
0: i'm pretty sure that's true i don't i don't think anybody else has names i don't think there's anything else yeah
2: yeah i can't tell which character is the character malcolm which is it was supposed to be yeah he's referenced once and then i i think supposedly he's he's on the on the team or one of the I don't I can't tell. I don't know who he is. Yeah. Um,
0: that could be, but yeah, I know they mentioned him at that party, but I don't I don't I can't place a face with that. Yeah.
2: Like they have him listed as a character, you know. He's he's ca- he's a, he's a legitimate person, In the cash. I just uh, yeah, yeah, like you know, it's Tina, Gina, Brad, and right. Malcolm, like right. so yeah. I don't know which one that is. No. Nah. <laughs> no.
3: Nah.
1: And uh, is it? I think in the the opposing coach is that Troy Evans. Do you guys know that that uh, character actor has been in a zillion movies? Yeah,
0: I you know when I saw it, I was like he. I remember him from like very specific things. Like he's the mm-hmm. he's the cop at who's going who's checking into the hotel in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and he plays I think a lot of cops and like goofy characters. Yeah, but, but I don't remember oh, ever yeah. seeing him that young. Like he had a lot of hair and you
1: know no he he's always got the like military haircut, yeah. and this is the one movie where he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the principal in, in the Twin Peaks pilot. He's oh, in Near yeah. Dark, which we just covered as part of our Paxton yeah. Fest. Nice. Yeah. Um, he's in, isn't he in the first Ace Ventura? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's in the Ace Ventura. Yeah. I think he was on China Beach in the late 80s. Uh, I feel Is like... he still? Yeah,
1: he's one of those guys. There's a few of these people in this movie that just appear yeah. in like so many different yeah. movies. Gregory Itzkin just pops up.
2: Yeah, for like three lines. His three <laughs> lines. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of Firefly uh connections in this movie. Uh who else? Greg Gregory Itson and Doug Savant.
2: Oh. oh, Savant was on it? I didn't realize.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he's one of the like military guys in an episode. I see. Um yeah I ran into Troy Evans at a restaurant a few years ago, and it was one of those that like I shouldn't be in awe of this person, <laughs> but I kind of am right now <laughs> right right <laughs>
2: yeah. that's cool I didn't realize how many um, times i've seen Mick since this movie Mick uh, is in a lot of stuff yeah he's he's in uh yeah what what's he in well he's, he's an interviewer in blade runner twenty forty nine just the recent, really? just recent stuff you know he's in the the Kingsman sequel, Kingsman: The Golden Circle, which I, I rented for some reason, uh, and then um, there was a couple. There was something else I saw. I saw his credit, and I can't find it now. What the heck was it? That I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he's, I, he's a he's a working guy. I mean, he's 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 constantly on credit. <laughs> I mean, he does a lot of like weird short films in the last fifteen years. But then he's. Just, Hmm. just shows up and stuff Uh, he's got all that
0: sweet teen wolf money to fall back on so yeah it's (laughs) probably fine good for
2: him yeah
1: (laughs) hey teen wolf runs on uh on a lot of cable channels so there probably is some sweet teen wolf money i'm telling you teen
0: wolf is on still all the time
1: yeah yeah all the time um should we talk about the age discrepancy (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: these are the you know, quite often, especially in eighties and nineties movies and shows, you know, the the actual age of the actors is quite uh quite older than uh than the age of the characters. Yeah. Um here, these are some of the oldest looking high
2: schoolers that I've come across. Man. Yeah. Do you do you know who the top three top two oldest char- uh actors are in the movie? Like in real life is it
1: styles is style i think yeah. he's older than michael j fox yeah
2: he's older th- than michael J. Fox by four years <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow. and and mick is they're the same age so when the movie was released they were both 28 years old so there was you know they they were 27 <laughs> but the average so eight... they're a good decade
1: older than the characters are playing yeah yeah it's like a yeah. gabriel cartera situation <laughs>
2: Just unbelievably yeah. Yes, because cool. <laughs> yeah. Michael J. Fox was 23 when he shot this, more or less. Uh, but the average age of all the teen characters um, is uh, it's 24 and a quarter. 24 and a quarter. And then if you take wow. it, if you take out the two two characters who actually were teens, which would be Matt Adler as Lewis, um, and then one of the, the one of the two girls, Gina, who were actual teens, 18 and over, but. Then the actual age or the average goes to like twenty five and a half. So I mean this is these are all old. And Chubb is twenty seven when the movie comes out. Uh uh And they look
1: it too. That's a yeah. thing. Like yeah. Michael J. Fox, you can you can buy it, but that's a stretch. Yeah. You know, the rest of them like are clearly heading heading into the thirties. Oh yeah. sure.
2: Boof Boof is, is twenty seven when the movie comes out. <laughs> like, wow. Mick is twenty eight, you know. It's yeah. so it's uh uh yeah it's it's an old cast and I mean it's not I, I obviously Hollywood does this all the time you know getting older actors so you're not actually working with teens and kids but um Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah. not like 16 candles necessarily. You have like Well,
1: you you know, there's there's reasons why they do that. I mean, sure. one of the logistical reasons is that it just for filming purposes, yeah. it's much easier to work with an actor who's over 18 and you don't have to deal with school and and breaks and yep. and you know, parents on set and and all of that stuff. Um, but also you know, getting an actor that is, you know, 16 or 17, a lot of times they look much younger still on camera, mm. maybe not even in real life, but yeah. like on camera, they're going to play as like 14 year olds. So, yeah. So it does make sense of why they age up a little bit, but sometimes it's like this, like really pushing it. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah Yeah. but yeah lewis i think says like he's he's 20 years old he was that's the only reason he played is because he had he went to prison (laughs) he had to do time right he had to do time he's actually 20 and he looks it. he's a monster i think i think but like part of the reality of
0: what they're doing kind of works because everybody's old like that's why lewis is sort of not around all that much because he looks so much younger Mm -hmm. that everybody else together you're like you can kind of buy it because like they're all in their mid-20s like 20s you know so it's if like there's not the some same. glaring thing, you know. Yeah. No. Well,
1: and it, and it goes back to like you know, Teen Wolf existing in this bubble where the the laws of reality don't necessarily apply in Teen <laughs> Wolf. Right.
0: Aging does not function the same in Beacon Town. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're 35. Yeah, you can be a junior in high school. Sure. <laughs> sure.
2: Why not? Yeah. There's the come uh, on in. There's this. There's that show on Hulu called uh, Pen Fifteen, uh, and it's created by two two women who are like probably 30 right now and they play versions of they play teenagers in school but the rest of the cast are teenagers so they play themselves as kids uh (laughs) in this awkward phase but then everyone else is literally 14 to 18 years old and you almost and you know they do great job with the makeup and the hair and the performance that you know, you know they're not teens with them, but they actually fit very well with how it's all written and everything.
0: It's not—it's not called out like as a joke that they're so much older.
2: They don't—they don't—they don't reference it like explicitly, like ah. you know that. It, but you know, everyone who watches it and in any interview they did, they like we did this on purpose. Like yeah. we knew we could play these parts, and we thought it would be really funny if we we're acting with other kids. So. Ah. Uh, and then they said like, we don't put any kids in weird situations cause there's like, you know, it's coming of age stuff and there are two <laughs> girls, you know, coming. Yeah. So they're like anything that like, looks like we're doing stuff to the kids. It's all body doubles. Like, don't get freaked out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, but like they have these like weird, awkward moments, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's a funny little show. Um, yeah. that that's that same thing. Like there's these adults like that are playing kids and then, <laughs> but they said like, we'll just do it around other kids. It's hilarious. I didn't know if it
0: would be like. There's a part in uh, Walk Hard that that John C. Riley uh, movie, like the it was like a fake musical biopic, uh-huh. and in it, like he plays himself through his whole life. So he's playing himself when he's 13. And he's, like, playing in a band. And I want to say, like, Kristen Wig is supposed to be his girlfriend. And, like, he, they're running away together and she's 12. But, like, they'll make a reference to it. Like, oh, I'm going to take my 12-year-old girlfriend and we're going to get out of here. But they're clearly adults, you know. And that's what I was saying. It's just like that. Like, it's this wild other reality.
1: Yeah. What do you think? You know, one thing I wish I wish they had developed a little bit more for the film was, was Boof. Uh, I wish they had kind of... Just gotten a little bit more of, like, who, let's see a couple of scenes with her away from Scott. Yeah. Um, you know, what's she about? Because I think you really, I mean, I'm really into Booth. Like, I, I you sympathize
0: with her. Yeah. Uh, but I would have loved just a little bit more, like, who is this person? Yeah. Uh, Booth has no inner character. Like, there's no yeah. lines of dialogue. She doesn't even express her feelings about things. Like, you know what yeah. she feels because... I think uh it was it was just handled very like well the the way that it's kind of constructed to show how she feels but there's nothing in the script um you don't know anything about her life she's weirdly just friends with Scott's dad um and like yeah. hangs out with him um but yeah Boof doesn't really get a lot and I think that and I my I I think that the only reason she's as compelling as she is considering how off to the side of stuff she is as the main love interest you know or part of this triangle anyway is that they chose to name her boof and i think that that's really interesting (laughs) and and Mm -hmm. i think it just works like it actually adds character where there is no character because you're like why is her name boof like it's so strange and she has an actual name which is in credits and stuff but i don't think is ever mentioned in the movie and I think it's like, an, I don't think so. No, no, I've tried to like pick it out because I've seen it written down. Like her, her character's name is actually Lisa. And there's no, I don't mm. think it's in the movie anywhere. Um, no, but I think that like the fact that they chose such an odd name for her really like it makes her endearing in, a, in an odd way. Like it's, it's kind of hard to explain with Booth.
1: Well, it helps her, it helps her stand out. It gives her something yeah uh to differentiate herself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she doesn't – God, yeah, she, you, we don't get any point of view on her. I mean, yeah, I guess you know that they're childhood friends, right. so you get that vibe, especially, you know, I'm assuming she lives near him, yeah. right? Yeah, probably they so. walk to school together and probably have forever, and yeah. that's how she's kind of fallen in love with him. Um so you get that, but that's really it. Otherwise, you know nothing about her. It's, yeah. uh, that's the only thing that's, like,
0: too bad. Yeah, and there's really not even, like, the fact that their relationship as it is in the movie progresses in this very strange way where, like, she's obviously, like, kind of disgruntled that he's, like, hot for Pamela, and, you know, she kind of, uh, you know, blows him off at times and stuff, but she never says anything, and then they just kind of get together without either of them ever verbally expressing that they even like each other. Like there's just, that's just nowhere in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's just, it's an odd take on how to like create a relationship on screen where there's no outward reason why they should get together. Like they're not, they're just kind of friends and they live down the street, but like they make out real early in the movie in that closet. Um, But there's nothing to, well, that's what does it right. Right. Isn't that what like kind of forces the spark? I guess. I mean, for Scott, yeah. like he's never he never expresses any interest in Boof. When the people bring it up, he's like, ah, you know, like there's, you sound like my dad. Like he's just not. He doesn't even say that anything about her. And then you know he goes off. He hooks up with Pamela, uh, and then like they just him and Boof go to that dance together. And she she kind of says she doesn't like the wolf, kind of. But even that, she doesn't come out and say it. So it's it's mm-hmm. like she just never. They never gave her anything to do except like just to look you know act with your face is all is all she gets to do susan susan earth city yeah. that's all she gets to do yeah and i love she, Booth. i think booth's an
2: amazing character inside of that the...
0: just because of how she she plays that part but the character is nothing yeah like you know so <laughs>
2: yeah she just she's there to really serve like how uh, scott's like growth as a person uh you know she's like sort of a one-note thing yeah um you get you get you get she helps with his conscience right i mean she's meant to like echo that i think a little like to remember like she because she sees scott for who he is throughout no matter what so even though she wants to take scott to the dance and he's like no i gotta be the wolf i gotta be popular she doesn't even hold it against them and she's like yeah i'll dance with you and then immediately is into the wolf (laughs) like yeah Yeah. let's all dance like the entire even even lewis is doing the the wolf dance at the the dance it's insane (laughs) um But then she, you know, she kisses him to bring him back to Earth, kind of. It kind of works. Like, I guess, like, that's supposed to be the moment when she, like, really expresses it. But like you said, if she just said, I really like you, like, and kisses him or something, uh, you know, you'd have a little bit more going on. And, like, you know, and why she liked him or or something. At least she would
0: get to express something.
2: Yeah. Instead of just, like, it's, yeah, all of her expression is basically being a bit aloof and then then physical. And then... That's it. So yeah, it's just kind of a big disservice to her, and
0: yeah, uh, it's unfair yeah. because she basically just serves Scott's character. It's it's like the Bechdel test. Like she has nothing. She has no inner, oh, yeah. no inner life whatsoever, <laughs> and all she ever yeah. does is talk about Scott and hang out with Scott's dad. Like yeah, you know. But none of um, the uh,
2: yeah, go ahead. None of the females of the movie really have any real depth at all. I mean, no. you know, it's just, I mean it's just her and no. Pamela, and then just the the un the unspoken uh, dead mom, you know, like unspoken of dead mom. So this is a, this is a dude's movie throughout. (laughs) Like, yeah. um, Yeah. You know, which is, uh, when you're a teen boy in the eighties and you make a movie about these things, uh, you know, you have a small circle. <laughs> yeah. You don't have time to address, right. you know, real in depth. Can't get into female, parameters. feminine, yeah. feminine issues. You know? <laughs> so that's, yeah. but it is, you know, it, we can see how if you were to ever remake Teen Wolf along these lines, you could do so much with all these characters and ha- and have everyone sort of make sense and be interesting. Yeah, um, this movie doesn't waste time on that. <laughs> no, there's no t- it's classic
0: eighties. Too, too much wolf and basketball to get to. We can't, you know. Oh, and Boof's concerned about her parents breaking up, or so. Who knows? Like, None of it yeah. matters. Like, there'd
2: know. be darkness on every character. Though. Like, yes, you're right. Like, <laughs> right. her dad's an, a raging alcoholic, and then yeah. like, yeah, you know, Ho- Howard like is an ex meth user, or Harold <laughs> is a an <laughs> ex meth user. Like, yeah. Just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Mick has a, a twin brother who's more successful than him. <laughs> like, I, I think know. all that's covered in the
0: cartoon. I think they, they explored <laughs> everyone with. A yeah. Oh, the cartoon. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> mileage. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, but this is definitely a guy's movie. I mean, it's written, produced, and directed all by guys. So, uh, you know, another one of those you're not going to get the female voice uh, represented here. No, yeah, no, yeah. So, Um, you know, Joe, you talked about, you mentioned it for a second, but let's go back. Can we go back to the to the party? Yeah, Uh, the house party. Yeah does it Does it get any better
0: than '80s house parties? Oh man, God. There are people just tied together on the floor, covered in whipped cream, the entire party, and they never explain what's going on there. <laughs> it's a just, weird
2: sex party game. Well, I don't I know. I guess,
0: but I don't even... They're not not—they're tied like wrists like to wrists. What to is wrists. the game? What are, yeah, what are they <laughs>
2: trying to achieve in that? Well, they, they did a countdown. Like I feel like it's that hat game. Everyone is doing weird... Couple, couples are doing weird things, Yeah, whatever those games are. And for some reason, they were tied up, covered in whipped cream in their underwear, and trying to, I guess, get loose, and they only yeah. had... 30 seconds to do it like but, but they cut back to the them point? and they're still there like, and then they come yeah and then they're still yeah, they are like stay on the there floor. like right. it doesn't nothing makes sense no like, yeah and then yeah those party games are bananas oh, like man. and then what one couple switches clothing i guess yeah and then, yeah uh, and they're just
1: like jam-packed like sardines in that house yeah. i mean there is a ton of people in there yeah. a ton of 30 year olds yeah. in that house yeah. and <laughs>
2: There's fifty people and, on the uh, front. Styles, yeah.
1: my God. <laughs> Styles as the MC. Apparently he's the MC of wherever he is. Yeah. yeah. Life oh, of yeah. the party. He is he's in charge. ridiculous. Yeah. How much how much Coke do you think Styles does? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: Tons. there's all these references to him with the weed, but you gotta assume I mean Styles is he's at a 10 on oh, the weed. No, yeah, he's yeah. it's the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's yeah. cooked up. Yeah. You know, farm kids getting it done. Yeah. He'd be sh- sh- I mean he
1: is he is full energy whether it's at the party or just him and Scott in the car and then yeah. yeah, he's the first one to like surf on top of the you know, that that their car and um you know, getting the keg.
0: He's just uh he is he's high energy. Yeah yeah he's running the scam on the old man at the at the liquor store and i mean yeah. he's doing every, he's selling t-shirts like he is he's doing it all you know oh yeah he's, he's, he's got the mocking branding. the the cadets when they're playing the the military team and you know <laughs> styles is, is is keyed up yeah um but yeah that party is wild like i mean they, he shows up with the whole deal with the keg there's like a the room is full yep. of kegs, and yep. then you know he pours a bowl of jello down a girl's shirt like it's just wild like it's yep. just madness so. Well there was 50 And they're going nuts like oh. they're going
2: nuts for him. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. screaming their heads off. He wasn't he was barely invited to the party too. Like he he's yeah. not popular. Like he but just then he's the king. He's yeah. Just the, he gets They pulled to this party. There's 50 50 people just in the front yard alone. Like every Everybody's 80s dancing at the party. There's there's a million people out front million people inside like their neighbors like what is this just just, these these are all supposed to be teens like this is insane this
0: middle-aged rager party going on
1: yeah yeah it's it's the teen wolf factor it it lives in that bubble where you know noise uh, these noise problems are fine no one's gonna call the cops yeah Yeah,
2: it doesn't matter it's great yeah (laughs) i want to move to Nebraska. yeah (laughs) what about uh styles t-shirts oh love styles (laughs) t-shirts amazing Oh my god, uh, the obnoxious the movie. Um, <laughs> obnoxious the movie. Yeah. Drunken state. And what, are at, <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at, Dick nose? Looking at Dick nose. That's yeah. That's a classic. Oh man, yeah. No, that, that
0: personal style. He's wearing the red pants with the red belt for like half the movie. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. Styles is just really on it. Like you know it's creating care again creating a character out of almost nothing like he's, yeah he's just like he's the life of the party he's got some funny lines but otherwise it is just like whatever we you know he's got the shade the yellow shades that with the mm-hmm. with the slats you know oh with the slits yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean he is just really he's the cool character and like again like he's not even popular like he's not somebody other characters like look up to but,
2: yeah you know this is oh. like dark
0: but he
1: doesn't lack the confidence
0: oh yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, he's he's ducky with confidence. Right. Like, right. Like, yeah. He's just the yeah. weirdo with, with a ton of confidence. In, yeah. in I everything. mean, the
0: real the key thing is that like his best friend, if you, I mean, maybe it's Scott, but otherwise it's Lewis who doesn't talk like, yeah. you know, he he references that he has a girl around him a lot at the basketball games and stuff who I don't even think has a name. Um, that girl who's in the lingerie at the party, who's handing him names out of the bowl or whatever,
1: right? Um, yeah, right.
0: Like he hangs out with her. Like who's you know who again has no no character at all. So what are you supposed to take from Styles exactly? You know, um, <laughs> he's just that cool
2: '80s character. Like he drives yeah. a, he drives his car around. He gets high. He <sighs> he tries to swindle for beer. Yeah, and he's and he's always. I mean, he would reasonably he would have become a drug dealer. Like in right. and uh, easily in the dark like, version of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. and hard, like and he'd be he'd be dealing with you know Mexican gang cartels, like, <laughs> like this would be his big problem in life. Yeah. Um, but he's just having fun making I see, buttons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I see Styles as a record producer, you know. Yeah. yeah. As he got that. older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would I would love some of those T shirts. I should get a What are you looking at? Dick nose Yeah. Uh, t-shirt and the,
0: just
2: go with that yeah that's got to be widely available oh yeah it's i like, think
0: why yeah i was from uh watching teen wolf twice this week i think i have a browser still open on my phone to just <laughs> teen wolf t-shirts <laughs> I'm,
2: just, I'm prepared to load up one of these shirts. get one yeah <laughs> happy birthday to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my
1: god now yeah. what do you think about let's let's move over to uh thorn the vice principal right is he isn't he the vice principal yeah, he's not vice. even the
0: full principal right
1: yeah, yeah. The real, Where's the real principle We don't know Doesn't matter no. he, not, not there no.
2: They don't uh, handle The day to day Where
1: does he, he Where does this guy rank As far as 80s Evil principles Goes
2: uh, he's got to be kind of low because he is pretty he's pretty much a non-issue like throughout. He's just kind of this menace. Yeah, he's not
1: very effective. Yeah, but he's no. a menacing presence. He's still kind but, of a jerk. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's just a jerk, but he's not like a real major threat. I think, you know, he's just he's on the sidelines and, uh, you know, he did like any uh, any what do you call it, administration person. It's just sort of like it's just one of those things you got to deal with. And then and then you find out the dark backstory. Um, where things mm-hmm. like things really ramp up. But, I mean, I don't know. Thorne is not – I'd rank him really low. He'd, he'd be first out in the uh, in the round robins uh, right. of, of this.
0: If I you were to know. do a bracket of, you know, yeah. <laughs> school administrators yeah. from the 80s. You know, yeah. He's, he's well, because you've for. got – you've got what? You've got Ferris
1: Bueller. Yeah. You've got um, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got Back to the Future. Oh,
2: Strickland. Yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you've got this. And you've also got other movies where they're not necessarily, you know, bad guys, but they're very interfering, mm-hmm. you know, uh, influential principals like like Jim Belushi's The Principal mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and Lean on Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a ton. There's just they love they love to use the principal role. Yeah.
2: It was well, big uh, then. Yeah. Is was Kirstie Alley in summer school a principal or is she just another teacher?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good. I haven't
2: seen that yeah, in forever. I, I can't remember. I feel like I she's an English teacher. I feel like she's an English teacher or something. Or no, is yeah, he the English be. teacher? I don't remember. Even, mm.
1: Maybe next summer we should uh we should cover that one. Yeah.
2: All right. It was summer twenty twenty one.
1: summer school. I'm writing it down. <laughs> summer school. Mark Harmon. There okay. we go. <laughs> Perfect. You got to get a Mark Harmon in once a year at least. Oh, at least. yeah.
2: yeah. Need a Harmon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well we did we we covered him with uh, Wyatt Earp Absolutely. so there we got 2020 the great year 2020 is taken care of yeah
2: well I can't I look forward to bringing him back to the podcast <laughs> next year um, but yeah um, no, I don't see him as a big threat I mean what do you think like is he he's just kind of this nothing guy right
0: I mean he's not even the best villain in this movie like you know it's gotta be <laughs> Nick if it's gonna be anybody so I, yeah. I think you know he, yeah I, he's kind of a tag along villain yeah I mean he yeah. has no he has no authority. <laughs> he doesn't do yeah. anything. Like yeah, he's just kind of mean for the for the sake of it for the first half of the movie and then he kind of he pisses himself. Like that's his whole character. <laughs> yeah, so. It, well, did
1: you see um when when Scott first transforms in like during the basketball game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's up. not the first time he transforms, but publicly where he does it, like there's a shot of thorn and you can see him backing like he backs up yeah. in behind the stands and you can tell he's holding his yeah crotch i always yeah. thought that's
0: a great throwaway <laughs> moment that like if you haven't seen the movie if you watch it for the first time yeah. you'd be like what is that about but yeah or you right. wouldn't even notice it <laughs> you know but yeah that is a great little right. throwaway moment yeah
1: yeah I think because they don't like pan down. You don't see it. It's not a full shot. It's just down to his waist. But if you know the movie, you can tell that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and he clea- he easily reacts the biggest of anyone in the in the stadium in the in the in the gym because uh, nobody reacts really. Everybody just kind of pauses. But he you visibly you know makes motions. You know, so yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. He is shaking. No one else in that gym has been traumatized by a werewolf apparently. So right. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> no. just friends with their local werewolf. Yeah, yeah. So. But like. Thorn if, and if you made that movie in the '90s or later, uh, Thorne would have like a like a henchman sidekick that he'd be like abusing half the time, right? right. Like oh yeah, like a, yeah. some sort of cartoonish yeah. like loser, like a janitor yeah. or something. Yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. Or like some some suck up uh, student who you know wants to be a, a principal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. but like he's just by his lonesome. He's not. Yeah, he's just not. He's not anything. Yeah. <laughs> <Like you're>, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know,
1: one other thing that uh, I think makes this movie, I don't know, really 80s centric is it's got that is the filming locations. And they mm-hmm. shot, you know, the, like it really does feel like every town USA. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well,
1: I mean, so many movies, you know, they, they shot it in mostly in South Pasadena and the Pasadena area. And can I point out a little bit of trivia? Mm
3: hmm.
1: So the block where uh scott's dad's uh hardware store is mm-hmm. in real life is about five minutes from from where i live and where a little place called videotech is located
2: Was that that same street or it's that
1: same street it's fair oaks and like fair oaks and mission like it's that same street where they filmed a lot of the first halloween film yeah uh and a lot of you know i mean it was very film friendly because it looks like, you know, Main Street, USA. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So in, in reality, it's uh we talk about video tech, our local video store um, that is open uh, that uh, we try to, you know, get people to go out and support your local video store. But that's where ours is, is right where the uh, hardware store was.
2: Cool. Cool. Huh. That,
1: oh, Small world.
2: That's, huh. that's that's wild. Uh and then also this the how the exterior house that, that the Howards live in is is Lorraine's house in Back to the Future. It's the exact, right. it's the exact same house that he, Marty right. Marty gets taken carried into in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild. So uh right there also And that's house.
1: isn't that like right across isn't there something else? Like, isn't there another house that was right there on that street yes, too? Something's near that. There's house.
0: another ba- There's another house from Back to the Future on that street, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's what. Yeah, yeah. It might be Biff's, Biff's. Is it his? House is it his? Biff? Like eighty nineteen eighty five houses on that street? I think. Oh, that no, could be. No, it's the. It's it? whatever that house is with all with the big stone pillars out front. Like the they're almost like
2: like piled up stones. It looks like. Wasn't that mm-hmm. wasn't that Biff's house in the two? Maybe oh wasn't
1: maybe. maybe yeah, so, I'd have to look. I'm not sure. There's so but many, Doc Brown's house yeah. is not also not very far from that. It's just kind of on the northern end of Pasadena. Yeah,
2: but yeah, there's so many so many movies from uh, that have encompassed South Pasadena. Um, mm-hmm. Pee wee's big Ad- Pee Big Top, Pee wee or Pee wee's Big Adventure. I think was Pee wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah, the yep. house down there. Uh, you know, like you said, the Halloween movies. That's uh. Uh, well, what a well, I think I feel like
1: there. the block where they're walking, you know, where him and Booth are walking mm-hmm. and they have that kind of heart to heart towards the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that is the same hedge that Michael Myers is hiding behind in Halloween. <laughs> it seems like it, but that's, it looks that's, exactly that's, like that
2: sidewalk. So uh jacked up from the roots from the trees. So um like, you know how they kind of go up and down a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely similar. But I think, yeah, it's not it's not That'd be amazing if they did it right at the Michael Myers head. <laughs> would like, be. Like.
1: Well, it's all, you know, it's all within a couple of blocks of each other, really. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah.
2: You could do a tour of South Pasadena and see, like, 10 different locations in five minutes. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what do you think about uh, Mick
1: as a bully? I know we've talked a bit about him already, but uh, ranking him up there with other 80s bullies, uh, how high does he get on that list?
2: Mm-hmm. He's got to be at least middling in that list, right? And I don't think he's the biggest threat. You know, he's he's a big jerk. But I don't know. I don't think he's, like he, – I don't think he ranks too high. I think he's, yeah. like, right in the – square in the middle of the pack.
0: It's that same – it's kind of the same problem where he doesn't have – there's no obvious axe to grind. <laughs> like, he's just kind of a jerk for the sake of it. Yeah, um, right. You know, and he's on the opposing team, and, you know, his girlfriend's interested in the wolf. But otherwise – there's not a lot there to really like hook into to be, well, this is why, you know, I don't know how much you really mm-hmm. need something like that, especially in an 80s sports movie. But um, but, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, he's effective ish in this movie. But the the main conflict of this movie is never Scott and Mick or Scott and Thorne. Really, right. You know? So uh, how important right. he is to anything, you know.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really like do anything he's just kind of general bullying and intensity it's like he doesn't really you know do anything that stops Scott you know what I mean yeah. he like doesn't pull any tricks on him doesn't uh doesn't actually beat him up or just anything, punches right? him
0: that one time yeah 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 just the yeah yeah, yeah. and maybe kills his but, mom all right that's so it. that's mixed whole well and maybe yeah right. that's it
2: <laughs> so. but he does get he goes right to the, I mean he cuts right to Scott because they like it's almost like he knows his mother's dead too. And maybe that's, and he just cruelly like, you know, yeah. Jumps on that when he says, you know, like, well, we shot your mom. She was hunting her chickens and all that. I mean, it was like he sucker punches them and then gives them that line. And it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty dickish. (laughs) Like that's, that's as dark as he goes, you know, because otherwise he's just, he's just shoving him in basketball games and getting fouled. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, threatening him over, uh, over what his girlfriend and all that, but I mean, he's not, he, yeah. he's really not really a presence that's a threat to Scott, uh, other than that one, those two moments,
1: right? I don't know. Um, what do we think about the how okay, let me rephrase that. How much do we love the soundtrack? Oh, I love the soundtrack to this movie, <laughs> <laughs> I love all it. of those cheesy yeah. 80s songs. Oh my god, I love beautiful. the soundtrack, uh, like beautiful. I, I love uh, Flesh on Fire mm-hmm. is is one of my top. You know,
0: favorites from the album. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, go uh, with the flow. Joe is an amazing song. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Of course, that's probably the one that like stuck with me the most. Mm-hmm. Like, I remembered that song the most from from when I watched it as a kid. Because yeah. I went, I went a long time without seeing this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I saw it a couple of times on video, but by I think like eighty eight, this movie was kind of gone for me, mm-hmm. and I maybe saw pieces here and there on TV but I didn't come back to it till maybe maybe 6 or 7 years ago Ooh. I saw it uh, I grabbed it on DVD and was like oh my god yeah. I I forgot how great this movie is wow
2: so like coming back like almost like 30 years later Deprived. well well easy easy david let's not let's
1: not put actual numbers to it <laughs> It's a thirty five year
2: old movie. It's this is old as hell. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. It's always yesterday. Yeah. I know. Um, Fresh. But yeah. But uh, uh shooting for the moon mm. and sure. winning the end. win in the I end. I mean win in the end. Oh, I got that's, amped. that's like, yeah. I watched
2: that sequence three times in a row just because I'm like, this is the greatest sports <laughs> montage, like, you know, build up yeah since like rocky four yeah. you know like, oh. I mean, that the, the I,
0: logic in that final sequence over that song like it's very exciting and then every once in a while they flash the score and they're still down by 20 and you're like what yeah. is going yeah. on <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know it's a long sequence though it's pretty yeah. cool but <laughs> like, yeah no they, yeah they when they the end totally it. sells it yeah yeah yeah
1: I will say that um you know David I've I've bored you with this story before but uh it's always when I was coaching our our softball team for the primetime softball league mm-hmm. uh and we were yes we were back-to-back champions and one of those years undefeated nice. uh but going into I made a little soundtrack going into our uh, going into the playoffs really for our first championship win but win in the end was on that soundtrack nice. so that would we we'd all get psyched up with a lot of rocky stuff and and win in the end. Well, it's obvious why you won. That's all there is
0: to it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And I
1: made sure when I knew we were going to win, I made sure that the moment that uh, you know last ball was caught, that that I p- hit play on the on the boombox. Nice. <laughs> oh my god.
2: <laughs> Outstanding. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. I love it.
1: And then it went right into shooting for the moon mm-hmm. and uh you know, me as the coach, I was on everybody's shoulders with the trophy. It was a great day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> way to go coach, way to win it. Great stuff. <laughs> we'll bring it home. Yeah. Um. But
1: no, the whole soundtrack really is just a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's it's a perfect eighties soundtrack. It's just great and like no big like they didn't throw a weird hit in there. Like surfing USA, but like there's no yeah. like hit eighty songs in it. It's just, you know. Yeah. These random
2: songs are just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the budget was so small in this movie; they couldn't afford any big, big songs or artists. I think you're, you're not going to get a Cyndi Lauper on the soundtrack. I right. think, right? Uh, that uh, non eighty five, non eighty so. <laughs> five. No. But I maybe 82, but it, in the big game, though, I didn't. I forgot that there's just one random dude in the crowd. He's wearing a t shirt, and just it's got the police academy logo like from <laughs> yeah. the movie on it. Like, <laughs> just police academy. Like, yeah. w- was that like a crew member's shirt? Like, or like who or did like where did that come from? Like, it, it's just. A, <laughs> Were people walking around with just Police Academy on their on their t shirts? Such a big uh, deal in eighty five. Back in eighty five, like like, everybody had (laughs) one. Yeah. I'm a Mahoney. (laughs) Mahoney head for life. (laughs) Like uh, I love that. That's it's just a great It was a random throwaway thing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, everybody 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 in this movie gets rallies behind Scott and the team when they come out of nowhere to become miracle players and everyone's just having the best time of their lives. And I yeah. think that, Oh yeah. It's such a celebration at the end, you know, like, yeah. I, I really, yeah. All the crowd work, all the crowd stuff. It's with that, with that, it went in the end soundtrack and just the dumb, just, just everything about it is just a great, like, Six minutes of, of, of cinema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that sells the movie for me. And
0: there's the nothing like, afterwards. Like there's nothing after they win. There's just celebrating. There's no dialogue really. Yeah. Like yeah. just like Pamela telling Mick to, you know, go to hell or that's it. But there's off. no one that's it. It's just celebrating and then the credits. And that's it. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know. Um, um You guys
1: you guys have caught the uh little little error there right at the very end of the movie, right? Joe, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, We're aware.
0: Um, I, you know, the thing is that <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. Whenever, whenever I bring up Teen Wolf to people, which is pretty often, most people will bring this up, and I never even think of it because, again, I'm so, I'm so into the whole Teen Wolfness of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't even realize that existed until I would say the internet. Like I, I and I saw this movie yeah. a million times, but I never noticed it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, on I Love the 80s or the early Internet or something, there's this story about, oh, you can see at, right at the end, you see this guy. And he's got his pants off and, like, he's he's got his his uh, his his the whim whim in his hand. And you're like, what? I, I don't remember. that." Like, I've saw this movie a lot of times, you know. Yeah. Um, but like you watch it now, like watch it on Blu-ray. I still don't think you actually That's see anything. Right. That's it's a, just shirt. a shirt. No, you don't.
1: Right? No, no, no. Yeah. No. I think what the real story is, so for those that aren't aware of what we're talking about, there is a shot almost at the, right at the end. I mean it's it's I think one of the first reaction shots of Scott's dad and Booth in the stands, uh where you can see two, you know, camera what, camera left of Scott's dad yeah. is an extra who when they all stand up, this extra has their pants undone and their fly unzipped and down. But I think what that – and, like, very quickly they probably realized that and try to cover it up. Uh, it's a nice little uh, little Easter egg there. But um, I think what it was is, like, it was uh, – what I had heard the real story was that it was an extra whose – their pants didn't fit. So when they sat, sat down, they unbuttoned it and forgot to, that their pants were unbuttoned. Yeah. So when they stood up, it was just open. Yeah. That's probably the real story. Yeah. Of course – What's out there on the internet is a lot more dramatic. Right. And fun. Right. <laughs> it yeah. is pretty fun. When,
2: <laughs> well one yeah, first hearing it and then the first time I saw that, you know, seeing the movie after hearing that, I was like, Oh my God, that's definitely a thing. And then it it but then just I think after subsequent viewings, I'm like, this is not no, this isn't a thing. That's like a that's the the shirt underneath the sweater or, or just, yeah. just it's just fabric of things. And then yeah, you can tell like it's a it's probably a woman in tight jeans. It is a woman, yeah. yeah. And, and and it's a button fly, so it's they're tight you you that's not comfortable like yeah, like sitting down on that. I'm sure and they're probably sitting for like, you know, for a lot of different takes for hours all day. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just it's just one of those things that the the internet really just uh I don't know. Caught fire with that one. Yeah, <laughs> it just
0: kind of snowballed into an urban legend. Like you yeah. know, like that yeah. thing from The Wizard of Oz where it's like, oh, you can see somebody hanging themselves. And it's just like an ostrich or yeah. something. And you're like, this isn't anything. but Yeah,
2: there's some weird puppet thing. like Yeah, <laughs> yeah three,
1: three men and a baby. Three men and a baby, the same thing. way, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, which one's that? This is
1: all your department, by the way. You, you've you got to explore all these as uh, the executive director of Myths and I'm, Legends. I'm
0: digging up. I am unearthing stuff. I'm myth-busting <laughs> these things because... 3 Men and a Baby there's there's a scene where they're panning across Ted Danson's character's apartment and you uh-huh. see this what looks like a kid standing against a wall like and it's not they don't the camera doesn't stop it's him moving and yeah. you see this and so the story was that like I don't know some kid broke onto the set and then killed himself or you know but Wha- <laughs> what it turns out is his character was an actor and this was like a cutout of Ted yeah. Danson like this and it's just but it's <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's only his torso so it looks it's low to the ground um, but it was the same thing. Like the internet went crazy about, or whatever. I love the eight. I don't remember where, where anybody was getting news in 1999, but that-
1: you know? Yeah, that was going around for a long time. Yeah.
2: I've never heard of that one. That's, yeah, so there's, they caught a kid who's on set, and then seconds later, killed himself. Right. Like, uh, like, off screen. The story like, became cr-
0: this big snowballing <laughs> crazy thing. Where like, oh well, he snuck onto the, he's on the movie, and then he died. Like, you like, get out of here. <laughs> that's such, that's but, so like, crazy. But if you watch it, if you watch it fast enough, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. It does kind of look like there's somebody standing there, but that's nothing. Yeah. you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I will. I will try to debunk gotta, as much of this as I can. So time to unearth okay. it. Time right. to
2: unearth all the crazy things. But the, which gets me curious about you know one of the unsung heroes of the film and that and we've mentioned him among, many times as Lewis. Oh, Lewis as as this. And I I can only imagine you've got a a grand unifying theory about Lewis. Yeah. that puts him in more of a C three PO kind of role or 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 something he, like whoa. that. Lewis, like what Lewis
0: is, is the central most important character in this movie. <laughs> like what? without without question because. Lewis, who doesn't say anything or again gets anything to do in the script, is the only person who has a problem with this. Like there you Mm. could Boof kinda does, but Boof still like makes out with him while he's a werewolf. So she doesn't care that. Yeah, she gives in. Yeah. 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 But Lewis, Lewis is the only person who ever expresses anything but total glee at the fact that we now have a werewolf here, right? Mm. And I think the question is does Lewis object to the werewolf because he's a wolf, which kind of goes against everything that's going on in this town, or is it that Scott becomes kind of a jerk? But Mm. Lewis kind of has a problem with it right from the beginning. Like you see him at the first game and he's okay. He's in the stands with styles and they're winning and they're doing okay. But then the next time you see Lewis, I think is at that locker where he's down the locker from, from Scott and he, you know, is is actively you know uncomfortable with this um Mm -hmm. and then you know through the course of the rest of the movie lewis is either not around and they'll kind of mention it that you know lewis he's on he doesn't like uh, he doesn't like me or he's he's um he's avoiding me um -hmm. and then it comes to the dance when you know the big the big moment in the dance when scott slashes open mixed clothes and doesn't hurt him really there's no real violence but you know this is the moment And as they pan across the crowd, they stop on Lewis, who's looking at Scott. Everybody else is looking at Mick and kind of laughing, but Lewis is not cool with what's going on. And I think this actively changes Scott more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so without Lewis, I almost don't think the movie would work. Like, I actually think he's that important to having somebody who's kind of against this, who, who at least has some reservations about it, you know?
1: Hmm. Well, and he never says anything to to Scott about it right no. like it's all just through looks
0: and and scott it's like he's scott's like guilty conscience, right he really is the conscience of the movie, like they give Boof at least yeah. some stuff to do, but Lewis is this like who's just judging and taking everything in, and because they never give him any dialogue you you can't get it. he has no inner life it's the same thing with Boof, but you know the way he's he's positioned in the in the various parts of the movie um he then becomes this figure this this kind of you know silent judge of everything
1: hmm. um well and and you through that like could you say that really he
0: is Scott's true best friend i mean you could make the case styles just uses him styles yeah. isn't isn't yeah. his friend in any realistic sense yeah, the first um, second
2: mm-hmm. he sees the wolf, he figures out how to exploit him. Like, yeah, he cal- right. He calls him Teen yeah. Wolf or T.W. or whatever. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he immediately <laughs> figures out how to brand him and market yeah. him. But I think
0: Lewis really like sees the end game of this as it as, as almost immediately like and sees how badly this this starts to deteriorate and what it turns Scott into and you know how <laughs> then Scott's self perception gets all warped and and you know the whole the whole town's reaction everything you know. Mm -hmm. so so that's why yeah that's my grand lewis theory is how important lewis is to this story even though he has virtually nothing to do uh without him i don't think it would be i don't think the movie would work in a lot of ways it would feel slimmer somehow it would feel slight Mm and where i think this actually gives it this robust thing where then when scott changes into being you know i'm gonna you know be myself and you know it actually matters at that point so that's my lewis theory and changed, uh, well, there'd be without wonderful.
1: without Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without Lewis. I mean, there's nothing really making Scott
0: come back around and come full circle. Right. You know, he, like, he needs that. Right. Like, I mean, they kind of position it like um, Harold tells him the story about scaring Rusty into into peeing himself when they're kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he I didn't know if I was more scared or he was. And then you know not that long later this same thing happens but i don't you know i think that's the way it's set up to be this kind of juxtaposition of of timelines but the whole last that whole scene at the dance runs through lewis like he's the key to that whole scene so (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah. i I never thought of that i mean geez he's (laughs) right there it's part of this whole thing yeah oh my gosh
1: (laughs) but and and, how great is scott's dad too
0: by the way Oh, oh
2: yeah phenomenal james hampton james hampton wonderful King. yeah
0: he's so important he's, as that character that he's then in every other teen wolf property from the time <laughs> like he's the only person he's the only one yeah, right he's in the cartoon the only one yeah. to be in everything i'm pretty right? sure that's true i don't think that i and i've only watched some of the cartoons so i can't say for sure but i don't think mark holton is in that because mark Holton's the other no the i in the second one i ch- i quickly check the credits because uh, you know see who the voice actors were and i, I think it's only him yeah but he's yeah. that important. Um, he's, in, he's in everything else. He weirdly takes uh, Todd Howard to college in the second one for no reason. Oh, yeah. So, right. Should
1: we talk about the – let's talk about the follow-ups here, and then we'll talk box office. So, um, Teen Wolf 2. Teen Wolf T-O-O. Mm-hmm. Right. T- Teen Wolf Also yes. is yeah. the proper title. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird name. Yeah. It was an odd <laughs> choice. Teen Wolf Also. Uh, A lot of odd choices. So you can't, so, all right, this movie comes out, does very well. We'll talk box office in a few. But uh, Michael J. Fox, by this point, is way into the Back to the Future, um, you know, world while still having all the family ties success. And there's no way in hell he's coming back for a sequel. Mm -mm. So what's the next logical move? Well, it's Jason Bateman straight off of Silver Spoons, mm-hmm. uh, pre-Hogan Family, I believe. Uh, <laughs> and why not have it be essentially the same movie, except it's about boxing?
2: <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, boxing. I mean, I mean, it's a sport of violence. It's, uh, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Put, him, put him in something where his, his inner strength has to be tested along with his physical strength. I mean, sure. So, so Teen Wolf
1: Two is about a previously unmentioned character Mm -hmm. who, who is what is Scott Howard's cousin, right? right. (laughs) Uh, And he is somehow really put himself into Scott's shoes, whereas Scott's dad is bringing him to college, Mm -hmm. and he's around for part of the movie, and Scott's best friends or two of his best friends are along for the ride with him <laughs> at college because we've got Mark Holton back as as
2: Chubby yeah. and we've got a new actor playing Styles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. New Styles. And does Styles join him in college? I, I didn't watch the sequel. I don't I don't even know. Styles does, is they, already there when he gets there. <laughs> <is> He's are <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. And is Chubby there too? Does yeah. he does he go to that school? Like, Chubby yeah. okay. also goes there. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: It's like, pretty yeah. wacky. It uh, there's no great logic. To, I mean, obviously, I think they wrote it with the idea that Scott would be going to college. Otherwise, right. none of this makes sense, but Right.
1: Well, why not? Why not? Okay. Here I, there's there's a lot of mistakes being made here, mm. but one of them would be why not just have it be Scott? Why not have Jason Bateman play Scott Howard? That worked. What's wrong with that?
0: Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah.
1: Like it makes it weirder to have it be his cousin who also has the same problem, who we never heard of in the first movie. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's part of the lineage. So, I mean, at least it makes sense that somewhere his, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> his other werewolf relatives. Yeah. Other relatives. I'm assuming it's. It's just, I mean, even yeah.
1: though it's a, you know, a cheesy 80s movie, it's just, it's just a little, would have been a little more for the audience to buy into. It's like, it's harder for them to buy into it with just this new character doing the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, for sure. Uh, but they. All... It's like
1: Caddyshack too. Right. You know, like you have the. Different actors doing the same exact things, but they're not playing the same characters. It just doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's
2: no freshness to it, right? Yeah.
0: And so much of the Teen Wolf two plot is the exact same plot. Like it's just he's at college, but you know there's like a girl, and there's a girl he's interested Mm -hmm. in. Like it's everything's the same. Um, It's just a it's just an exponentially more violent movie uh, because there's so much boxing, and then um, he finds another wolf. There I forget how it's like Kim Darby plays his teacher. And she, you find out eventually is also a wolf, but they do nothing with it. It's just kind of thrown in just for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Um, Yeah. I like that. Two is a mess. Two is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's
1: it's one of those that like, it's not even fun to watch. Not really. It's just not, it's just not good. Oh, bummer. It was, you know, it was the beginning of that uh, besides the Hogan family. You know that long stretch of uh, things that aren't working for Jason Bateman <laughs> right. until the year two thousand three, and then he's been everywhere since. Yeah, right, so.
0: late, great late career, but man, rough stretch.
1: Yeah, oh. there was a rough mid career for him. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then yeah, the uh, animated series, which uh, I did watch. I remember watching it fairly regularly, in that. You know the '80s amazing Saturday morning cartoon lineup that just had gem after gem after gem, mm. and the and gems this was one of
2: them, and and the gems and the holograms, and, and gem and the holograms. Right. gem yeah. and the holograms. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I mean, so many hit movies had their cartoon spinoff. So you had you had Teen Wolf, you had Karate Kid, you had Back to the Future, which actually came. Later, I think Back to the Future came out early. 90s? I want to say after part two. Mm. Yeah. um, the real Ghostbusters, of course, just it goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, that was uh, the cartoon is a much more, I guess, faithful uh, addition to the franchise than Teen Wolf 2 was.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it changes some of the general mythology. All of a sudden, there's all of these other werewolves, and no one knows mm-hmm. anything, and no one the town is unaware that anyone's a werewolf, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say that it, it at least is a a better continuation of the first movie than the second yeah. one. I, it, not much better, but it's it's a more fun as a cartoon. It's a much more fun right. thing to watch. Yeah, it's,
1: well, you can buy because it's a cartoon. You, you're not taking it. You're not. Your expectations aren't as high right. as yeah. they would be for a movie. Right. So you know it's okay that they tweaked a few things. But in general, it's about Scott's further adventures as this you know part time wolf and. All the characters from the movie are in it, I believe. I don't think there's... I think there may be other characters who are introduced, but everyone from the movie is still in the
0: show. I think that's yeah, you true. Still, you yeah. still
2: have a Mick, and you, you still have Chubbs and Boof. Yeah.
0: Styles. Styles and Pamela's right. Right. in it. Yeah, his dad. But yeah. then he also has, like... I think he lives with his grandparents now who are werewolves, and he has a sister. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: sister or 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 a or a niece or yeah, something or i don't know. There are
1: a I'm bunch of other characters, yeah. Maybe we should pick the we should select the four best episodes of the animated series and screen them in in screening room uh 23. Oh. You
2: pull that you pull that together. I'll I'll join you. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Must be on film too. Must be on uh, film. on film. Call, call <laughs> okay. the guy. I'm sure he's got him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, should we uh should we talk a little box office and see financially how how much of a hit was this movie? Sure. I'm in. All right. So, the movie was made as a reaction to from from what I am aware of, this movie was a reaction to Valley Girl. Uh Valley Girl was a very low budget movie that was a big hit and they wanted to repeat uh the same kind of thing. So, you know, Jeff Loeb, who wrote the script, uh, you know, was, was instructed to write something at very low budget, uh, that could that could potentially bring in a lot of cash. So uh this was uh the budget for this movie is only one point two million dollars. That is that's like a low, low budget film now.
2: Yeah. That's so that's so little money for a, a movie with I don't know, just with Michael J. Fox in it for one thing. But then well, it's a, yeah. it's all timing based because yeah.
1: I think when that decision is made, it's probably early '84, maybe late '83. So, Family Ties is only in season two, maybe. Yeah,
2: and he didn't even get the Emmy nomination until '85, and he yeah. And then it was after after Back to the Future and after Teen Wolf, he won four, three or four Emmys in a row for he won Alex
1: three Emmys in a Golden Globe,
2: three Emmys in a Golden Globe for Alex Keaton. I mean, he yeah he.
1: But still. well, in the, be- in the beginning of family ties, like he's not the central character. The, the show was supposed to be about the cool parents yeah. and the you know, not cool kids.. Yeah. And uh, I think it's in like the fourth or fifth episode where, you, know, Alex P. Keaton is, is a lot heavier in that episode, and people really took to that character. So mm. then they were like, "Oh,, we've well, we got to do something here." So the character grew throughout the first season, Gotcha. And uh, probably somewhere during the second season started to hit its stride. Um, but yeah, so it's, and it's shot, uh, they shot this in the fall, summer, fall of, uh, of 84, um, before they started shooting back to the future. And originally it was supposed to come out in the spring of 85. Uh, but wisely they, you know, as we mentioned before, they pushed the release date until I think seven or eight weeks after back to the future. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this is Re- Back to the Future is what July eighty five, and this is released uh, August twenty third nineteen eighty five, and it's the only movie released that weekend. Can you guess what the top two uh, you know movies at the box office were uh, on on that date when
2: it was released? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna including g- this Back to the Future and Teen Wolf. Boom! There you go. Oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you know, quite a – it's Michael J. Fox is riding quite a, quite a high right here. So, yeah. you know, but I think, uh, you know, Joe, we were talking about it before that it was really smart to make, have this come out before and
0: could really capitalize on on the uh, popularity of Back to the Future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if this a movie had come out before, it's hard to re- – like, I think it might have still eventually found some sort of following because it is a pretty fun movie. But – there's no doubt that it would have made less money. I mean, all of a sudden, Back yeah. to the Future is this huge juggernaut of a movie. Um, you know. And then I think to the point that Teen Wolf was marketed in other countries sort of piggybacked yes. on Back to the Future, wasn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was um, in uh, certain other countries. They called it uh, Wolf. I think it was Wolf Boy. Boy with chest on his hair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's insane. Those are but, the literal translations. And I want to say, the... like, some of them might have even yeah.
0: called it like "Boy from the Future," and it has nothing to do with that. "Boy from the Future." Yeah, like oh, just this, they were just oh yeah yeah. They could come up with like you know yeah. Um, I mean, even the trailer for Teen Wolf. I think the yeah, I think it was Brazil
1: where it's it's a boy from the future.
0: And I just thought it was like it's such an odd idea, like to do something like that. Even if you're trying to capitalize, it's like oh my god, like there's no time. There's nothing to do with like that in this movie, but right. Um, yeah, yeah. I just it's just sort of a remarkable series of events that brought Teen Wolf in front of people. You know, to the point that again, like (laughs) I saw Teen Wolf. You know, before I saw anything else, so like it was at least popular enough that when I was six or seven or whatever that you know this is something that was presented to me you know outside of Back to the Future so
3: mhm
0: yeah. yeah uh well it,
1: it does very very well opening weekend it opens up at number 2 behind Back to the Future and uh it uh, and i think it pushed Pee Wee's Big Adventure out of the number 2 spot it uh, had a 6.1 million dollar opening weekend a 33 million dollar uh total run so mm. i mean that's a huge profit for them yeah. for what they you know, I mean, even with advertising, which they probably didn't have to do too much. Yeah. You know, they probably spent three million total on the movie.
2: Yeah. So this is a three thousand percent increase or ten thousand. Yeah. I, huge. I, oh my god. That's a, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny
1: that just you know, as well as the movie did, you know, Michael J. Fox was probably, probably I can't imagine he was promoting it too much right. at the time. <laughs> I don't
2: think he had to. Yeah, I don't think he, he probably did some press, but. Who like he probably didn't really have to do much yeah 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 uh, yeah I, I i'm curious i wonder what i wonder what this must have been like like with the with posters and billboards and and just the general like feeling around los angeles when when teen wolf is about to come out and like and then had a big weekend and, and all that like everyone just must have been talking about michael j fox on entertainment tonight every night why why would you talk about anything else that's yeah. it i mean the big, the big story the big story in entertainment and then oh and then you know the family ties crew just going bananas like this yeah. is, this show's going to be a, a a hit after like an even bigger hit yeah probably gold mine i'm surprised uh, they didn't dress him yeah. up as
0: a wolf in a couple episodes
2: yeah. Are there are wonder, there any like wonder, Family Ties wonder, episodes
0: where like he has like a dream sequence and he's a wolf? Like oh.
2: I wonder if they did they, there's gotta be a sly reference to some of his movies, right? And somewhere in those later seasons. Well, I know in I know
1: Spin City ties in t- <laughs> ties in to family ties.
2: Oh yeah. Do they mention they mention yeah. Oh. Well
1: apparently like he goes off and meets and you don't see this person, but he talks about how he met this Ohio senator, Alex B. Keaton. Oh, that's right. Oh. That
2: was that was in his yeah. his finale episode when he left the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: which would have been great to see how they'd uh how they do handle that.
2: Yeah. That was
1: cute. Um Yeah, but uh so back here in 2020 what do you think the legacy of this film
2: is do you think it holds up do you think it holds water uh, these days that's uh um i'm going to say it 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 exists squarely in the 80s it is as it's is the least controversial the least enge- and probably like the least engaging like you know it's a fine, it's a fine movie it's but it's it's just kind of this it's it can be entertaining if you're already on board with it and you've already seen it. But I think if anyone came to this with fresh eyes, with brand new, I don't know how far this would go. So I think this is like this is a nice, this is a kitschy, nostalgic reminder that the '80s existed. <laughs> and uh, yeah. but but I enjoy it because I enjoyed it when I did, um, for as long as I did. You know, this 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 is cemented for me. Like this is like yeah, Teen Wolf's fine. Like I could if Teen Wolf was on i wouldn't you know i wouldn't necessarily not turn it turn it off i wouldn't necessarily turn it off um or whatever but i'm certainly not like i don't know actively going to to, to watch it um mm. but that's just me um but i i feel like it the it's it's you can't you it's worth mentioning as part of michael j fox's career um and just the the you know lightning that he was in 1985 mm-hmm. so yeah that's yep. that's for me. What about you, I,
0: Joe? I think I think that's actually a pretty fair assessment. I mean, as much as I love this movie, uh, you can recognize that it's a far from perfect movie. Like there, there's a lot going on there that doesn't work anymore. Uh, I don't, I don't know how great it is as a comedy. Like I, I don't think there's really a lot of timeless elements to this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do think that I think I don't think you could come to it today and get the same sort of stuff out of it like it is a very dated movie uh you know it it does it has this very 80s feel to it um but i do think in in a a couple aspects i think it's it works as a as a a nice like guidepost for michael j fox but also that there was this big run of werewolf movies in the 80s that that this is so different from that i think that it creates kind of a nice Balance, like 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 John was saying, the idea of like scary werewolf movies, and there's like you know those things like the Howling and and, and stuff like that that was mm-hmm. out. But also there was this weird stretch of you know werewolf comedies, and then like teen werewolf movies, sort of like an American Werewolf in London is a kind of funny movie as as violent as that movie is. Um, right. There was a movie called Full Moon High that came out right around a couple years earlier, I think. That's like a low budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know dumb he's a he's a football player instead of a basketball player but it's a lot of the same mm-hmm.
3: um
0: you know and then even going all the way back to the michael landon you know uh i was a teenage werewolf like there there was sort of a a, a path here like a, a an actual sub genre and i think this actually perfects that that kind of lousy idea of a sub genre and huh. and for in that regard i think it actually is kind of you know it, it has a, a slight you know timeless niche quality sort of where you can kind of see how things had progressed at that point but that was the end i don't think there's anything after that that uh that really tried except for teen wolf 2 to really try to do much else um so if you're really into you know werewolf movies i think it, it holds an interesting spot but oh definitely yeah. Yeah. but yeah. i don't but no i don't think that this is the kind of movie that a, a new audience would find and fall in love with I don't. i don't think it's that kind of movie
1: yeah Yeah, I think uh, I think it is one thing is it's a real easy watch. Yeah, I mean, this is an easy movie to just put on, you know, sit back, relax. You don't have to, like, get super involved with it. You can just you if you turn if it's on TV and you turn it on, you know, you can hang with it. Um, uh, There's I think thematically like there's there's something that you can latch on to and identify with anyone who's gone through the struggles of, uh, of the high school years. But overall, I mean, it's a product of the eighties. I mean, it, it's something that really only exists within that eighties bubble. I mean, people who are really going to emotionally just love this movie. Like we do, you had to grow up with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but it's still, there's certain things that work, but like you know, I agree with you guys. It's,
2: uh, it's not a perfect it's not a perfect film but it but it sure is a lot of fun <laughs> i think it i think it has its purpose like in, in a sort of a, like it's a in a u utilitarian way like like this may as well be like a like an et keychain you know like it you you don't like anyone who's never you know a, a young person today doesn't probably doesn't really care about ET in a sense, but you, they could mm-hmm. keep they could keep their keys on the, the keychain, and then this is like it's a solidly '80s movie that serves like for our particular generation, but then also it could be used as uh, an addition to somebody's DVD library, or you know a young person's you know coaster on the on the coffee table. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it's just this thing that exists and really only matters for a certain amount of time, um, but deeply enjoyable yeah. <laughs> for,
1: <laughs> yeah and and it's you know a big part you know you mentioned it but it, it is a big part of michael j fox's career if you like him yeah you got to see this movie for sure yeah
2: yeah I, absolutely if you like him if you like mjf which well, that's what we call him around the munchak house um <laughs> you got you gotta you gotta include teen wolf in there
0: so yeah. it's it's right it's right part of the main group of films you know yeah. i mean and, and let's yeah. f- i mean there's not that many michael j fox's movie career as it was uh, when it was a yeah. big thing it was only what 10 years maybe yeah um before he I still haven't, yeah seen well he knows. had
1: he had a lot of misses yeah mm-hmm.
0: he did have a lot of misses
1: i'm not a big Doc Hollywood or the Hardway fan. I kind of oh, like Hardway. I kind of like Doc
0: Hollywood, but it is dumb. It's it's cars. I like that Cars was essentially a straight remake of Doc Hollywood.
2: The plot is exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> I like that. You know,
1: I love besides the for at least the first two back to the future movies for me, yeah. Teen Wolf Mars Attacks, that's my top 4. I love Mars Attacks.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Mars Absolutely. Attacks. I forgot he's in that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I still he's so great at it. I still haven't seen The Frighteners, so I'm I. I kind of just want to check. Oh that yeah, out. Frighteners is good. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. I might have to yeah. rent that. Or oh, I'll, I'll it's take Peter it from Peter
1: Jackson when he made interesting movies.
2: Hmm. I I've always wanted to to see it. And I never got around to it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, you know, let's run it through our scale of
1: Jack Burton's. That's our uh scale of one to 13. Oh. Where do we rank the film? Yeah. David, you want to <laughs> go first? Where do you put Teen Wolf?
2: He's gonna be it's gonna be squarely in the middle here. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give it a bump, I'll give it a 7.5 out of 13, Jack Burton's. Uh, just because it's it's uh, uh waiting a little bit on the entertainment value, which for me, it has some. So, um, and I, I will always uh, think fondly of this movie. Okay,
0: so, yeah, seven point five. Yeah. Copy, Joe. What about you? Uh, well, um, so if the scale is a, a purely quality scale, then I would say, yeah, it's it's maybe a little above average, but I'd, I'd put it like an eight out of thirteen. But if it's mm-hmm. an awesomeness scale, then it's I'd, I'd probably say twelve twelve out of thirteen. Nice, <laughs> and it's it's twenty boofs at least. 20
2: (laughs) boops
1: I'm probably going to go with I'm going to go with 8 as well Um, you know there's it's not like we said not a perfect movie but the fun factor uh, you know in the trying times uh, that, that 2020 has proved itself to be movies like this are well appreciated in my household where you can just Let's let's look at the world at somebody else's problems for a little while and take our mind off. And uh, poor Scott Howard, you know he's got a lot going on. Yeah, agree. Yeah,
2: I think it's got it's got everything you need without having to go in. That is as much as we talk about what what could have been or what's the underlying dark backstory and all that. Because it lacks all that, you're just along for the ride. And everyone everyone's worth watching. I think so. It's just a it's it it kind of. And it doesn't have to stress you out then You don't need that darkness or grittiness Or anything that like mm-hmm. Is supposed to like make these characters More than they are um, Yeah But I feel like the actors Take care of the characters Even though you know Even though the, the The story isn't there So I think Everyone who's in it Did a really good job Like Especially I mean Michael J. Fox I don't think I don't know if If really Like who else could really do it Like who who else can make Scott Howard that compelling hard to tell yeah no,
1: I, I don't yeah i don't think anybody really
2: yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah ah good for teen wolf ah teen wolf. Yeah. <laughs> teen wolf yeah
1: always good to talk a little teen wolf yeah
2: joe did we miss any major <laughs> mythical or legendary theory I mean, or storyline i from appreciate you guys like, let
0: me get into as much as i did i gotta be honest because yeah. I, yeah. I came in with a weird <laughs> list of, of notes and i was like you know, I want to make sure I can cover all of the main Teen Wolf topics for. for I, I don't get yeah. invited to the main room here too often, so I wanted to make sure i <laughs> I brought uh, I brought the quality. So I think we covered everything. I, I think we were a very comprehensive look at Teen Wolf. So. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. We appreciate the that.
1: most comprehensive. That's what we were going for. The most comprehensive I think we've look just at just about Wolf. done yeah. it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, it was. You know, Joe was great having you on we're looking forward to it and uh i'm looking forward to the next time you come on we'll have to uh you know get you our our lineup as we're talking about it and see what'll if we can you know get you out of the out of your office you know you're buried in these myths and legends there's so many to uncover uh if we can peel you away from that again
0: for a couple hours we we will i'd love to i'm i'm back there covered in the dusty books and just you know Digging up uh, uh, facts and lore, and you know, I, it's it's nice to get out and talk to people once in a while. So
1: <laughs> I, I see I see your office mostly as uh, you know the the basement of the New York Public Library and ghosts. It Doctor.
0: is <laughs> it, I stack books weird. That's what it is. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, well, guys, uh, thank you for listening uh, this week. You can always find us on social media at Reconciliation Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, or you can check out our, uh, our archives at Uh Don't forget to uh, drop us a line. And if you can give us a, a rating and a review, it would be much appreciated. We're on, where are we, David Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find us.
2: Yeah, all those.
3: <clears throat>
1: all those, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, as always, a uh, quick thank you to our friends, E.K. Wimmer, for the theme music. Uh, don't forget to check out his podcast, Laser Graves, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts as well. And our friend Curtis for the poster. Always fun to take a look at that. And, uh, you know, as we head, head towards the fall, uh, and you know what's coming around the corner, David? The fall. Uh, well.
2: <laughs> uh, early nights. Full moons. It's uh, uh, black our cats. Halloween
1: fest is coming yep. soon, yeah. so not quite yet, but uh, we're all, we're heading that direction. So it's going to be fun to uh, uh, you know dive into what we have lined up for you guys.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, we'll definitely have to dive into that, and oh, and, and make sure uh, everyone checks out uh, Joe's website, knowingly undersold. If you like his discussion on film, like he did with Teen Wolf, uh, Joe, you, you would expect uh, much the same kind of analysis uh, and. And, and humor uh, that goes into your, your your top 400 posts
0: uh yeah i would say that's this has been a pretty fair uh, representation of how i uh you know convey my feelings about movies and uh you know I, I like popular movies like other people it's not just all a bunch of teen wolves but you know i also <laughs> sure. like a lot of teen wolves so it's hard to say
2: yeah. <laughs> it's a great mix there <laughs> so we'll, de- we'll definitely i think everyone should uh get over there right away because uh i can't yeah. i can't wait to see the top five this is going to be huge coming soon I can't wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, guys, definitely check that out. That's knowinglyundersold.com. A lot of fun and a deep dive on uh, so many movies so many greats of our of our past. So uh, check that out for sure. But um, now I think it's time you know it's time for us to get out of here. Ooh. Joe, would you mind driving as uh, sure. as
0: David and I are gonna hop on the roof? Oh, we got a little surfing to absolutely. do. Absolutely, surfs up. Let's do it. Yeah.
2: Get on the recon Be the king
0: of the uh, urban surfing.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: that's that's the recon <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time on Cinemation.
2: Bye now.